welcome to episode 548 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street podcast, spoiler free, with me, Gemma. And me, Michael, hello. We're talking about the episodes broadcast in the UK, Coronation Street, uh, between the 7th and the 11th of November 2022, episode 10,789 to 10,794. Yes, we are. I'm always so suspicious when I read it out, because like half the time you go... Is it really that many? You go, no, that's wrong! Oh, that's the wrong date! I sometimes think like... I, I'm pretty. I, I sometimes check the episode numbers. Sometimes I just like go from the last one and add on six and hope that really? I hope for the best. So it's probably the episode numbers. I don't. I don't know. I, I check every now and then, and, and I know oh. definitely sometimes we say the wrong numbers. It doesn't matter. You 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 well, just talk about whole, this week's Michael, story. the whole point of it was so that poor Canadians can follow along. I hope that they still can. I'm sorry for saying the wrong numbers. I think it's right. Um. Anyway, this week's Coronation Street. We will be talking about. I I thought that this. This is the first week in a while where I was like, I think I quite liked all three episodes this week. Did you enjoy it? I thought it was very dramatic. I, I did. I thought it was good. There was there was summer stuff in it, but I wasn't felt like I didn't feel like it was you know shoved down our throats as being the main story. Can or I anything. just say that the, 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 the more it. the summer story progresses, the less it becomes about her as a character, the more it becomes about the situation, the more interesting she is as a person, which is really unfortunate. But uh, you know. Lots of summer story has just been very summer centric, which sounds weird, but do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's just become a story about a girl who's having her baby snatched, <laughs> which um, maybe might win her fans back. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll talk about. Can that you see later. what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. But no, mm. I, I thought it was. I thought it was good stuff. I'm looking forward to having a good old natter about it later on. But first, Gemma. Yeah. Shall we do a Coronation Street quiz? You have prepared one? Yeah, I've got a quiz this week. Gemma's been very busy as well today, haven't you? Because we've got our annual, not quite like Thanksgiving, but we're doing it this weekend anyway, Thanksgiving dinner with our well, friends. Gemma's been busy making stuff. It's not really stuff. a Thanksgiving thing. It's for my friend's birthday. And she requested that we have um, her celebration at my house. And so we are doing a Thanksgiving meal. Well, we always do Thanksgiving, don't we? And, and yes, yeah, so it's just invite... kind of combined. And she does like it, does Sarah? Yes, but I invite different people depending on what the occasion is. But it's Sarah's uh, party, as you've mentioned her name. And so she's inviting who she likes. So um, we're having Coca-Cola, cut ham, mm-hmm. aren't we? She likes yes. that. Creamed corn, she likes that. You're making some stuffing out of bread. Yeah, I am. Nice. Compounding the issue is the fact that um, one of the people who's coming is gluten-free. And so I'm having to make everything (laughs) slightly different and doing more than one versions of different things. It'll be fine. But it does mean that we've got a bit of a busy couple of days ahead of us, doesn't it? Got turkey to roast, got... uh, Gemma's doing the cooking, I'm doing the cleaning, and together we make an awesome team. Well, yeah, I've got some questions to raise about your progress anyway <laughs> <What>? oh, <laughs> okay well it all stops now for coronation Street. so at least for the next three hours or so we get to uh, we get to put all that aside and talk about what went on in weatherfield this week and i did sorry i interrupted we have got a quiz this week jammy would you like to um get started with that see so test my knowledge i will i'll got test some your knowledge and things week. that happened between the 7th and the 11th of november in years ending in a six two and a seven yes and i sourced the information for this quiz but all the mistakes on my own from coronationstreet.fandom.com. 7th of November 1997. Which wedding does a drunken Jim McDonald interrupt? <gasps> Alan McKenna and Fiona uh, Middleton. Correct. Brilliant episode. Love that. You watched that one, didn't we, on the DVDs? Classic stuff. 
7th of November 1962. Which play is being put on by the Literary Circle for Christmas? What is it? 1962? Yeah. It's a play, it's not a panto. Um, if you get this, I will just lose my mind. I can't get this, because it's, it's not... The only other play that I remember them doing was The Importance of Being Earnest, and it was, that was much later, wasn't it? Um, my Fair Lady. It was Lady Lawson Loses. <laughs> oh, so uh, close. Famous, I famous I said it had a lady in it, didn't I? You'll get half a mark for Absolutely one of the words. Absolutely <laughs> not. 8th of November 1982, Chalky Whiteley's son returns from, walk- from working in the Gulf... <laughs> What is his name? I don't know. It's not Craig because that's the grandson. Um, no, I do not remember. Scott? Um, Carl? What might the actress who plays Ferns um, be called? What? Gabrielle Gleason. If she was in a different show. Bob. Oh, yes, it was Bob White. You're not wasn't getting it? that point, though. Oh, dear me. I, I would have given you the point if you I've had said it correctly. I've currently got 100 points according to Gemma's scoring system. Are you listening? Yes. I would have given you the point if you'd said it correctly. Bob. <laughs> 8th of November 2017. What does Mary mistakenly falsely report Angie for? Um. Oh, I've got vague memories of this, but I think they're a bit too vague. Um, what does... They might well be. Uh, Mary reported Angie. Mm. Uh, oh. Something to do with babies? You're not giving anything away with that little glint in your eye? I've got a face like a sphinx. Yeah. Um, baby snatching. Nope. Uh. Drink driving. Drunk driving, uh. drink driving. Man, Do you remember that when she had she was had it out for her? I've forgotten all about that. Vaguely. Um, eighth of November, nineteen eighty-seven. Susan Baldwin tells Ken and Deirdre she's aborted her child, but that later turns out to be false. But why was the child called Adam? Oh, this is a good bit of trivia for the week, wasn't it? I thought I'd work this. Did anybody else see this one? Um, who was it that wrote it? I can't remember. Darren Little. Darren Little. He was the one that um that re- well he revealed on Twitter this week. That the reason that Adam Barlow is called Adam with this massive retconny story is um, he said, well, I, I think that maybe Susan shouldn't have had an abortion. She had the secret child, but Ken and Mike wouldn't know him from Adam. So they decided to call him Adam Barlow. Baldwin, whatever. Yeah. Baldwin. I like that. I like Darren Very, Little. That was a great bit of behind the scenes. I'd gosh. love to get him on the show. Does anyone know Darren Little? Yes, Can if anybody can please ask Darren to come on the show, that'd be lovely. <sighs> Uh, I like that bit of trivia. I thought that was fascinating. I'd just be like, my question would be like, tell me some stuff. And then I'd just let him talk for an hour. Got any good stories? Yeah. Carry on. (laughs) I've got an hour to fill. Right. 10th of November, 1982. First appearance of which character you went as a radio short story competition with Mavis Riley? 1982. Swallow Sound. Must be Victor Pendlebury. Yes. I thought he came earlier than that. Well, Classic character, Victor Pendlebury, love him. 11th, the old foot rubber. 11th of November 1987. After deciding their marriage is over, where does Susan leave Mike to go to? Susan leaves Mike. And she goes off somewhere. Um, Scotland. No. Nor- uh, Newcastle. Yes, why didn't you say that first? Uh, You're doing really half badly. A mark. You've got four wrong and three right. Oh, come on. How many questions have we got left? Right, at least get You're going to get this right. 11th of November 2002. Who saves Audrey from her house after Richard Hillman sets fire to it? Archie Shuttleworth. 
Wrong. What? <laughs> Am I really? I'm afraid it's Steve McDonald. Oh, man. That's bad. That's terrible bad, bad, this week. Five what wrong, an awful three right. So you're always moaning at me because I'm not doing the quiz and I keep not doing it. And then when I do it, you just show yourself up. So perhaps I I'm shouldn't do that. I'm ashamed. And even one of those points wasn't even based on classic curry trivia. It was just no. whether I happen to remember a tweet that you, you showed me last that night. That we talked about. <laughs> yeah. I apologise, everybody. Um, I, I hope that uh, well, here's out there a bonus question. did better than me. Here's a bonus question. Is have it... you ever eaten a toffee apple? Yes, I have. I had my very first toffee apple no, today at didn't. the age of 39. You did not have your first toffee apple today. I don't think... I might have had one before. No. Gemma has also been busy not just preparing for our thanksgiving meal but also um using up some of our garden apples to make toffee apples and we had a bit of a, a discussion a heated discussion yesterday evening didn't we it's where i so swore ridiculous. i hadn't had a toffee apple before so and you can't believe like, that i've reached this age without I had all these them. apples and i was like oh what can i do and then there's bonfire i was thinking oh i'd really i really fancy a toffee apple why don't i just make some toffee apples so i was like oh michael likes toffee apples i'll make some toffee apples <laughs> and then i made these toffee apples and i said oh here here you go and you were looking at them like really suspiciously. <laughs> and then I said, have you, have you had a toffee apple yet? And you went, I don't think I've ever had a toffee apple in my life. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, Stop if everything. I have, I'd had like one before. And then before. you tried to claim that it was a South Coast thing. <laughs> no, I didn't. And then that you tried to say joke. that they were super rare and that you'd never... Where, <laughs> no, you no said, I agree with that. You said, where would you even get a toffee apple from? I don't, literally. They're sold in shops no. this time of year. In Sainsbury's, in Tesco, in everywhere you go, in the grocery section, there will be toffee apples ready made. Toffee apples are just something that little kids and oiks eat on TV. Oiks? Yeah, they're not a real thing. They're delicious. (laughs) And then you, and then I said, and I'm guilt tripped you into eating one today, and they've gone all (laughs) soggy and disgusting. And you sat there so suspiciously, holding it in like a bundle of greaseproof paper, (laughs) nibbling it like. Did you like it? It was okay. Oh my god! I'd probably prefer a toffee, prefer a toffee strawberry, or a toffee banana. That's just banana fritters. Well, it's isn't because it? they're homemade too. So I, I, the 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 layer the layer of apple has been, you know, damaged from the sugar. So it's gone a bit mm. softer than it would. I'm really mad. Well, there you go. New experiences for me today. You also made some <laughs> lovely cinder toffee. Was that with the leftover sugary stuff? Yeah, you just add a bit of. Um... That was tasty. Bicarbonate soda, I think. Anyway, enough about I that. What I, used. Let's I can't believe this. I'm still <laughs> sore about this. Are you trying to tell me that you've never had a toffee? If apple? anyone else out there listening has also never eaten a toffee, it's apple not just before, that. It's write the, in and let no, me know. It's the other outrageous. Me. It's the other outrageous claims you made. That they're if anyone rare. Else, I doesn't believe me. And, the you, toffee and you've never seen one in are the all shop. all over the place. I don't. I don't remember that. Yeah, there was know. a whole plot about this in Hocus Pocus Two about toffee apples. Remember that. You don't even remember. You don't even know what toffee apple is. Uh, enough. I've had enough of this. I want to talk about Coronation Street. Let's get on with street talk. I'm outraged. Oh, wait. No, no, no. We can't. Why? We've got to do birthdays. Oh, yeah. Right. Birthday. Here's a list of all people. All these people, all these curry stars, they got their birthdays coming out again. Oh, I'm going to get a shout out. All these people are like, I love having my birthday in November because I always get to have a toffee apple. <laughs> right. The candle sticking out of it. Toff. Right. So this is 12th to 18th of November. 12th of November, Paul Maxwell played Steve Tanner and Rhea Bailey. He played Kaz Hammond. 13th yes. of November, Classic. Michael Stark. He played Jerry Morton and Emma Colling. He was Rosie Webster the first. Lucy Fallon, who's Bethany Platt the third. 
14th of November, Sarah Moffat, who was Kelly Thompson. 15th of November, Amy, Amy James Kelly, who was Maddie Heath. And Connie Hyde, who was Gina Seddon the second. Oh, it was Connie's birthday. 16th of November, Eva Pope, who was Tanya Pauley. Harry McDermott, Max Turner the first. 17th of November, Ernst Walder, who played Ivan Chavesky. Graham Haverfield, who played Jerry Booth. And Lewis Ablett, who played Billy mm, Mallet. That's a lot. We've had a lot of, like, a couple of weeks where there's been a bit of a lull for Cory birthdays, but the mums have been turning them out again. Yeah. And so we're back on track. Happy birthday, all And now people. we can go Well, no, on... I, just, I want to know what Harry McDermott's up to now. I know he's still following him on Instagram and everything, but he doesn't seem to be posting much these days. I want to know, like... Is he, does he, is he watching Coronation Street going, oh, that could have been me, I could have had this big story, or is he like, oh I don't God. think I could have done that. Or... I'm glad I don't get, don't have to be the racist one. <laughs> I do, I wonder. Anyway, happy birthday, Harry, and others. Now, let's get on with Street Talk. So, here we are in Street Talk. We've got, it so feels like a classic week this week, five stories. I know, just five. And we've got the Book of John, which is John Stape. Yes, and his book. He didn't write it, Michael. No. Maxtremism, where we discover uh, there are videos you can watch that are exactly the length of a advert break. Yeah, that turn you racist. Turn you racist. Summer Baby. Um, then we've got To Murder Us, He Wrote, which is the Sam story. Yes. And Double Cross, which is Fern and Bernie. Yeah, I didn't have to come up with any new storyline titles or anything this yeah, week. Yeah, that's true. Nothing nice new week. happened this week. No, but the, uh, definitely this Book of John story was the uh, was the A story this week, wasn't it? Even I'm though there was this. some pretty cool stuff in the, in the Max one as well. But yeah, go what on. What do you I, think? What do you think Hope read that made her go, ooh? I just, I'm just very curious about what can fill that much of a book. I mean, that's more than just printing out Coropedia page you and putting a few pictures in. You obviously have not read a true crime book. I, I, I haven't, you're right. No, there's a lot of waffle. Oh, okay. Anyway, let's, let's see what happened first. I'm, I, I'm, I'd what like I really know. I'm waiting for them to do, <laughs> which they really could do, and <laughs> it would be so funny, is to have the story develop into a true crime podcast that gets made about it and this annoying couple comes along and there's this nerdy bloke with glasses who's like super into the topic and his loudmouth fat wife who comes along who doesn't know anything but keeps interjecting and they record a podcast about it and they come around asking everyone <laughs> for interviews and nobody wants to, them to be on the show. I'd love it if it became a podcast story. Did they, did they have... Um... Did, was there some kind of mention of there being a podcast episode about it? Or did we just make I it up? I think we made it up. I don't remember. But that would be so funny. <laughs> that would be, that would be. Right, what happened, Should Gemma? we play ourselves? Yes. <laughs> Monday, Adam's brought round a proof copy of the book and it's got Fizz and Hope's names in there and everything. Fizz and Tyrone are incensed and they want to get it stopped. And he said, well, if we can get a... If we can get an encrypted copy between of the chat between Hope and the journalist, then we maybe could prove that the information was obtained illegally or something, something. like that. Yeah, this and is, Fizz this was is a game like, chat, wasn't it? Yeah, Fizz was like, okay, right, I'm going to... The thing is about this is that surely if this is all real stuff that really happened, then how can you get mad about... Well, they're, uh, well, um, well they're, they're mad about a couple of things. One is that Hope's name yeah. is in it, and two... It's the book seemed to suggest that Fizz was also complicit with all of these crimes. She was. She kind of was a little she bit. She did a bit of crime in with the with him. Yeah. And then we come back to it later. Come back to it later. Let's just let's keep going. I really I I would have found this a bit more interesting if it had delved a bit more into the morality of like of true crime journalism and 
and how how complicit was was Fizz, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think perhaps they thought, well, number one, they didn't want to tell that story, but number two, they probably thought too much time has passed and people will not remember what Fizz actually did, mm. what 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 uh, John's crimes really were. I know, I'd be really interested to, to talk to somebody who didn't watch Coronation Street back then. Like, what do go, you think what he did? What do you think John Stone... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they've not really gone into it much, have they? There's been the odd name banded about. I think Joy might have got a shout out, possibly, or maybe making that up. But... And the other thing is also, how much can they really know that he did? Because some of the stuff, only he... And uh, and we know because we watched him do it. Yeah. But like some of the things, I bet they, I bet it aren't right in there. Well, considering that the main source of the information in this book seemed to be Hope herself, who was I'm, still surprised by some of the stuff that she read at the end. But of the yeah, week. and and it's only been fairly recently that she's known that her dad was. You know, she read it on um, on Phil's computer earlier this spring, didn't she? I still think Phil's got something to do with this. It just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I, I know. Really I know. Don't he do, know. I don't think he does, but it doesn't make any sense that he doesn't. I want. I want them to find out that Rosie's a major source of information information on this because she she talked to the press wouldn't she she's she probably got like she's, a, she's probably got a japanese tiktok account where <laughs> she just spills her beans she probably plays bit. the same kiddie games as hope does online probably she yeah they probably asked her first <laughs> she's anyway. like hang on i've got somebody on my friend on my friend group that would be able to help you more than i would anyway so fizz is going to skim the book to see how bad it is and tyrone's completely furious about this he can't concentrate at work he gets patched on his eye oh, apparently hate it when that happens you have Apparently a special bottle fine. with a nozzle on that can wash your eye out. Like that, straight in his eyeball. Yeah. Fizz, read, Fizz has read the book. She goes to Adam and she says it's worse than they even thought. It's got it's got everything in it. It's got a whole chapter about hope. Like, could she be a psychopath? <laughs> I don't know how ethical this is. <laughs> Do you think that they could write that? I don't know. Just remember this is fictional. It's a, it's a fake story, so don't get too mad about this. There, there were one or two just tiny little things this week where you, you were like, and I was, you are in the publishing industry, of course, where you're like, I, I don't think that that's actually how it would happen. <laughs> but no. you, to tell us more later, carry on. I no, I'm not going to go into the reality of it. I don't think it's that interesting. It doesn't matter. This is the trouble. If you, if any time Coronation Street stumbles upon an area that you're an expert in, you realise that it's... They're not really worried too much about veracity of the situation. They just want the drama. And that's fine because... So what you're saying is when they make proof copies of the book, they don't print them out and have just proof copy written in big font on the top. When she said I've got a galley copy, I was like, that's not what that looks like. (laughs) What do you mean? Why don't they just email you a PDF like they do everyone else? I know. And and they don't just, you know, bring up the release date of books with two days notice. Well, I don't think they do. these books wasn't to be in the shops and somehow, you know... Well, I don't know know about book publishing. I don't. But if anyone wants to, if anyone wants to um, commission me to write a book about the murderers of Coronation Street, I'm up for it. I'll write it. Uh, It just, yeah, some parts of it didn't quite ring true, but I I, I was pretty much able to put it to one side. It really doesn't matter. It just, it just is fun, isn't it? So I, I I mean, the worst thing to me is still I I cannot get over this flipping three day week that they have in Coronation Street, where every day follows after the next. That's the worst. Like on Monday, it was like, oh, it's going to be it's going to be out in a few weeks and then it was like oh it's going to be published on Friday and now it's going to be published tomorrow I thought, it's just making my head hurt and then it was clearly the, the the last school day of the week today but Hope's still going to be bringing the book into school tomorrow to show it to her friends I, I just I, that's one thing I'd change if I was producer of Coronation Street make there be days in between make there be days in between that yeah. sounds like a 
sounds like a 70s um, music album or like the, a biography or the something. Days Between. Right, so... Um, She's worried about it. She doesn't want anyone to read it. Adam's like, I don't know if we can do anything about it now. And uh, the games company won't give us the chat records. And so Fizz wants to go for a meeting with the publisher. And she's like, maybe they'll see <laughs> once once they realise what impact this is having on me. <laughs> no. And nobody cares about you, Fizz. Everyone wants money. So later on, Adam's been able to arrange a meeting with the publisher. So they go uh, to, to meet them and... Uh, the publisher's like, too late, the book's gone to print. Fizz says, please think about me and my child. The journalist uh, groomed her so that he could twist her and exploit her words. And this person says, well, we've already printed it, it costs loads of money, what are we supposed to do about this? And Fizz says, please, can you leave Hope's name out of this? The, what, the woman's like, okay, right, here you go. Here's, here's a thousand copies. Here's a bottle of Tipex. Here's a Sharpie, <laughs> you do it, okay? <laughs> Tyrone finds Kevin, he's got a leaflet, and there's a Q&A with Roy McDowd, who's the book's author, and so he hurries off. The meeting's over with the publisher, and Adam says to Fizz, you did a great job, um, maybe they'll make some changes. <laughs> How are they going to make changes, you dummy? Tyrone turns up at Chariot Square, where this... The fact that they can put this book forward to, like, two days' time just goes to show that it would have been impossible for them <laughs> to have done anything. They can't do anything about it. These books have been printed ages ago, I tell you that for nothing. So, <sighs> Tyrone goes to Chariot Square where this book talk's happening, and the man's there. I don't know why they didn't get Phil back. It seems weird to me. It would have been more fun to me if it had been Phil. I do hear that Jamie McKenna would quite like to return as Phil as well. I hadn't heard that. <laughs> Apparently so. So, Roy, Roy McDowell there, journalist extraordinaire, is... um. Is sitting there going, oh, well, you know, who knows what these people in this family that's still alive were capable of. And Tyrone comes over and gives them a slappity slap, <laughs> like as if to prove that, yeah, everybody involved in this is violent and who knows who's going to do what next. There was an interesting discussion on our Facebook group um, yesterday, I think it was, or maybe the day before, about how Tyrone is actually an ambidextrous puncher because he punched, oh, yeah. he, he punched Nick with his left hand last week and slapped with his right. Maybe he does alternate hands. You think? He's going to have to remember which hand was the last slap hand. <laughs> well, maybe the first hand was still hurting from when he punched Nick the other week and he's like, oh, I'll just do it with oh, the other yeah, one. Oh, yeah, I've, I've got to... Or maybe it was just a technique that he learnt in his taekwondo. Slap, slap, slap. Yeah. So the, the, the man says, this is assault and it's in the public domain. Not the assault. <laughs> the facts. It will be in a hundred years. The hotel man says, the police have been called. And they... <laughs> I thought this was funny as well. Literally seconds have passed and the hotel man's like, yeah, we've already, the police are already on their way. They're, they're just downstairs, actually. Yeah, they are. Later on, Adam tells Fizz what's happened and Tyrone got arrested. The blokes, this, um, this uh, what's his name? McDowell. Roy McDowell. He's like, Rory McDowell. Hold the presses. I want to add another chapter about the time I got slapped by the, the yeah, man. Epilogue. Yeah, why not? So Tyrone's arrested. Fizz has to go to the police station to get... Tyrone, he's in the doghouse now, and she says, who's going to punch next? And he's like, well, I've only got two hands, so I've used both of them up now. <laughs> <laughs> and he, she says, to her, she says, are you going to hit me next? You're not normally like this. And he says, oh, I just saw red. I was protecting my family. And um, she warns him not to do it again. Uh, otherwise, he won't have a family to protect. So they carry on arguing at home. He brings up Phil. She brings up Alina. 
Adam goes, he goes to the pub, Tyrone does, and meets up with Adam. And um, then who uh, one of them suggests that Fizz should go through the book and check to see if any bits of fake yeah, that was Adam are untrue. That that, yeah. And then they can get a libel lawyer maybe involved. Yes. So Tyrone goes home and it's all on social media. Tyrone's slapping this guy. And the publishers are really happy because it's adding publicity. They're going to bring the publication to date forward to the end of the week. That's fine. It's already been printed. Unfortunately, all the copies have got proof written all over them, but that's fine. <laughs> I, I find, I'm starting to find it a little unrealistic that every, you know, every couple of months, somebody on Coronation Street is a social media sensation. Yeah. Like, if anything happens and so other, some other people, maybe some non-characters are there watching with their phones, then this is going to be go viral, isn't it? What are we doing wrong? We've been well, doing it. We've never gone viral. We've been doing this podcast for ten years. I know we have enough. We? we just need to go to. We just need to punch someone. See, this is like the ben, Binley Maga Chippy of Weatherfield. Like instead of being having a famous chip, fish and chip shop, they've just got everyone on in Weatherfield is famous for a viral tweet or it's... Facebook post where they've slapped somebody else. I, I just like, I, I'm starting did, to think I, passionate... I, don't, I don't believe this. They need to tone, uh, rein it in, I think. Did a passionate video about being mad about the environment or something like yes. that. Yes. So, on Wednesday, <laughs> the girls are watching this video on repeat and Fizz tells them off and they're moaning about the book coming out. Paul sees... Uh, them in the street and laughs about the video because now it's viral and Adam says look don't punch anybody else I'm trying to help you I'm trying to sort the problems out. Hope skives off school and Tyrone catches her and tells her that she needs to carry on trying trying to be normal and Adam's trying to help help her out. Adam comes along and says I've spoken to a barrister they're going to get it delayed based on bible um, libel because the <laughs> book's on the bible the bible says you're not allowed to do that the book suggests Fizz knew about John's crimes and that's not true or is it hmm. well she helped move her body so she knew about that one yes but they need to get moving fast it's going to cost them about £20,000 plus all the rest up yeah, to £100,000 and they? if they lose then they have to pay the other side's costs as well but if you win then, then it's free and Tyrone's like this is this is just obviously beyond their ability, isn't it? They and they don't even try to do a viral post to to get a GoFundMe for for the money. They just completely give up. Tyrone's like, oh, should we sell the house? Can we move to the salon flat, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. And Fizz says, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna do it. They tell Adam, and they're like, oh, why do you have to be rich to get justice? And then. Peter goes, yeah, that's right. That's not fair. Yeah, and then Kelly comes back and says, yeah, that's right. Remember me no, against Corey fair. last year? Well, it's true. I was thinking about this. It's like, it's how can you, you like, it ruin your life? You would never... Mm. I thought it was quite refreshing that they did actually bring up the legal fees because like, people, people need lawyers so often on Coronation Street. Oh, no. Thank goodness there's one living just around the corner. Um, she get Dee Dee to do it because she does it for free apparently. Oh yeah, she does, doesn't she? No, usually people just say, oh, "I'm going to get, I'm going to get Adam or Imran or whoever involved," and and the, and the whole fees bit isn't usually brought up. Or like with Yasmin, wasn't she? You know, after the whole Jeff ordeal, she was uh, crippled with debt for a couple of months. And well, did she not I owe it to Imran? And then he died. And she's like, "Score!" I won't bring this up anymore. Oh, was Yasmin the one that was responsible for his death? 
I'm going to well, look into that. There's, there's, still, there's still a lot of loose ends yeah. knocking around Coronation Street. Oh. But anyway, no, I just I thought that when this couple were confronted with a potential £200,000 legal bill, that was like, yeah, okay, that's that, that does show that you can't just ask your mates to do everything for free. No. So, uh, Fizz and Tyrone worry about how they're going to tell Hope that they can't actually do anything about this. But then Chesney brings her and Ruby home and uh, they sit Hope down and tell her the book is out tomorrow and she's absolutely gutted. She says, oh, you made a promise, you blamed, and then you and then you broke it and she, she hates them and she storms off. And Tyrone's working himself up and he's fed up with people thinking he's a pushover. And he, he does this really weird speech about, I'm not, you know, I'm not just a nice guy who thinks I'm a nice guy. It's like, no, I think you're a dirty dog. I don't think you're a dirty dog, Tyrone. I'm you aren't a nice guy. That. What made you think that you're a nice guy? <laughs> Uh, he he kind of he mostly is he's he's I, not I I can't remember I mean I'm sure people if they thought hard enough about it which I haven't done could think of other occasions where Tyrone has punched someone he's just an ordinary man he's not he's not like goody it's not goody two shoots is he no but he always used to like when he was younger he was always like the scrappy dude of the street wasn't he like he would act tough but it would always be quite amusing it because was he fun. was such a teddy bear right so. So Fizz is worried about him and she brings up Kirsty and he's, she says, is this all about Kirsty? Which is a bit weird. And then... His, his ex, who... Uh, for those who have not been watching for 10 years, his ex-wife who was uh, who knocked him around a bit and hit him with hoovers and well, such. Well, it was a domestic abuse storyline about mm. a man experiencing it at the hands of a woman and she was a police officer herself. And uh, she eventually got her just as that, didn't she? Yeah, she then died. a police officer comes around oh, yeah, and arrests him. For good measure. Fizz goes round to number five to get Hope because she's been put there. Tell Chesney what's happened and Hope doesn't want to come home. So Fizz sits Hope down on Chesney's sofa and tells her that Tyrone is trying to defend her and make her feel safe and spent his whole life doing it. And he loves her and please come home. So she eventually agrees. And Tyrone gets let out again. Yeah. And, and so Fizz gives him a good talking to and says, you're not weak, you're not a pushover, I'm proud of you. I used to be with Phil, but I gave it up for you and Hope loves you and everyone loves you, etc, etc. Apart from Gemma. Me? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't hate, I don't love him, no. Exactly. I'll take him or leave him. On the stairs, Hope is reading something on social media about the book and it's got 2.2 thousand comments. 2.2 thousand comments. <laughs> And uh, she's getting all upset about it. On Friday, the book's out in all good retailers. Can you get it on Argos? Probably some bad retailers too. Probably some really crap ones who like have bad customer service. Do Argos sell books? I don't even know. No, I don't think they do. Hope's still in the mood. Probably go down the Argos and instead of the catalogues out, they've probably got John's book now because everyone's want to read it. I want to read it. I'd buy it. Yeah. Hope's still in the mood with Tyrone. Um... And the factory, all the girl, everyone's gossiping about this. Beth and Sean are talking about it. Beth's trying to buy it. She's obviously not bought a book in about 15 years because she can't believe it's twelve ninety nine. That's actually pretty reasonable. <laughs> I know it is. Book. I would have thought like 40, they're 15 like, pounds would be more reasonable. What? No, they're like 30 quid now. Oh, I don't know. Rid- it's ridiculous. Carla's Carl like, right, nobody's reading this bloody book. If any, I've seen anyone you reading a book, you're going to get fired. I quite, I quite enjoyed uh, Sean's conflictedness as well because I mean, fair play to him. He's like, I, I don't want to hurt my fizz bomb. And he's like, I'm not going to read it. So that was, I'd read it. That was quite nice. Would you read it sneakily? I get it on my Kindle. No need for anyone to know what you're reading on your Kindle. 
Fizz goes home and she gets the fright of her life because Tyrone's been down to the all good retailers and got. He <laughs> had been to all good retailers. If I opened his shop, I think I'd call it all good. <laughs> Somebody's already thought of that. Okay, so he, she, he has gone to the shop and he has bought out the stock. And he's also got a cardboard cutout, life-size one of John Stape in the living room, which terrifies Fizz. He's got posters and everything. I, lo- I love how they made this massive cardboard cutout of John Stape just for just for a couple of scenes in tonight's and it's all, episode. It's like, uh, right, really honestly, I, I'm wondering now, where where's this from? Because um, did they already have a massive cat? Did do they have a cutout of it. like every everybody on the street? But if they don't have one. Why did the in the world of in the universe of the of the show, why would the publisher go? Yes, this very docile looking uh, photograph of our murderer. Yeah, is exactly what like we a need. Nice chap, he just looks he? like he's posing for a soap magazine. It, it kind of was just a just a what's his name Graham Graham Hey. Uh, Anyway, he um, he just looks nice. Yeah, nice little like picture a of him. Nice picture of him. Just. Posing like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a good man. I was a DJ and a, and a teacher, and just happened to accidentally kill a bunch of people. It's not really my fault. I'd have made one that had that was made of that special material. That if you like looking at it in one direction, he's just looking oh, like yeah. a nice teacher, and then you you move to the right a little bit, and then it's like got devil horns or something. Um, and yeah, yeah, I thought I thought that was quite amusing. Graham Hawley. I was going to say Graham Hawley, but I didn't want to say that. And well, be you wrong. got it wrong. So he did, yeah, he doesn't look evil, but it's still scary to think. Yeah, they could have at least put some like angry eyebrows on him or something, couldn't they? Drawn a few tattoos or something. Or like turned his frown upside down. <laughs> put, a, put a sad sausage on it over yeah. his mouth. <laughs> Hope comes home from school. She's in a mood. She storms around. Tyrone tells Fizz that he's really messed up here. He goes to apologise to Nick and opens up about how helpless he feels and he keeps making everything worse. And Nick says, oh, I understand. Why, why don't you um bring Hope to the bistro? Taking Sam for a special tea at the Bistro. Great. Been at least Why what, don't, what seven days, come? maybe ten since we went there last. Carla takes all the factory lot, which is Michael and Beth, and that's it, to the, to the pub and says, right, can you stop gossiping? I'll buy you some drinks if you agree to, to shut up about, about this book. Hope finds the book stash that Tyrone has made in the shed and um, he she then goes to dinner with Sam and Hope, Sam tells Hope he saw her talking to some older girls at school. She hasn't learned anything. She hasn't learned anything. She was told, don't talk to people about your dad, right? If people ask you questions about your dad, just don't talk to them about it. Then she's talking to Sam going, oh yeah, some girls were asking me about the book. They want to know about the murder. So I'm going to tell, I'm going to read it and tell them everything. And then they'll like me. No, <laughs> you haven't learned. So um, Sam doesn't think this is a good idea. But she goes home and then she reads the book with her little torch in bed and she's like going, Ooh. Oh yeah, she's reading it on the stairs at the end of the episode, isn't she? I yeah. Mean, why haven't I written that here? Oh, we know that it happened. It happened. So, I know she's reading it in a bedroom, isn't she? So so the question is, um, is there, isn't there something in there about... Didn't he snatch her as a baby and stuff and like take her up to the roof of the hospital? Yeah, maybe. So maybe that's the bit she's reading because there's so much. I'm sure they haven't told her everything that happened. I don't think. Well, I mean, she was fairly early on into the book, wasn't she? When uh, where where she was reading in tonight's episode. So I don't know whether I don't know whether it's completely chronological or whether that it just flits about here or there. 
But um, yeah, I just like, I, I'm still just a little bit baffled as to, is there enough of John Stapes story to make this massive book about? Yes. And if there, if there, is he there? don't understand how true crime works. Because he's not even a like a proper bona fide serial killer. He only killed two people. I mean, when when you have you when you have like your your Richard Hillman and your and your and your Pat Phelan and everything, John Stapes' crimes just kind of pale into insignificance. Why aren't more people interested in them? He 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 purposely killed Charlotte Hoyle because she had a secret about him. So he smashed her on the head because it was tram crash week and there was plenty of drama going on. And he just wanted in on it. And then when he when he killed Joy Fishwick, that was a total accident, wasn't it? He just put his hand over her mouth and accidentally suffocated her to death. And she was old and everything anyway. So it's not we can't really blame that to him. But everything's just like well, I can't remember what the quote on the front of the book was, but it it goes back to that um that that famous quote of John Stapes in the program. I just wanted to teach, and and the, and so the the line on the front of the book is like, oh, did he just want to teach or did he want to kill? I th- there was n- there was nothing about John Stape. I would say I suppose this is just coming from a viewer that made me think, oh, he he you know had murderous intentions. So how I w- I'm really interested to. I know this book doesn't really exist, but I'd like to read it and see how they're able to twist it to to make him seem like this evil, plotting, scheming murderer. Well, it's not necessarily about that. Well, the covers like got him half, you know, half all red and evil and half normal. So they're obviously going to make a thing about. I mean, yeah, he kidnapped he kidnapped Rosie. For he a did bit. some really messed up stuff, Michael. Also, I just want to say, yeah, we did a character profile of him in episode one hundred and seventy-one, which was on. October 2015. Have we uploaded it on YouTube? We have put it on our YouTube channel, yes. So So maybe why don't we just do a bonus episode of just re-releasing it? Oh, there we could do it. Just really release it on the feed, Michael, so people can find it again. So So we'll release it so that you can, if you've forgotten or you want to refresh your memory about what it was that he got up to and why there would be a book written about him, (laughs) hopefully that will be available for you to to listen to have you ever has, have you ever seen this villains wiki because I sometimes go on to this and it's not a coronation street thing there's just a wiki of um, all the villains like, that ever existed yeah basically it, it, across literature and, and film and TV and everything and um, and John Stape does have a page on the villains wiki and, it, and um, cool. it's, it's basically it's a bit like his Coropedia page but you know in the bit on Coropedia where it's got your birthday first and last appearance and everything like that on the villains wiki it lists his crimes so um apparently th- this is what he did paedophilia kidnapping unlawful imprisonment so that goes with the kidnapping that's just rosie webster identity theft no is that really that bad he was pretending to be colin fishwick wasn't he and he's he only did it because he wanted to be a teacher like colin fishwick he didn't know he was no harm in that adultery who hasn't done that on the street conspiracy ditto Murder, okay, I'll give him that one. Um, abuse, who did he abuse? I don't even remember what that one is. And then speeding is his final crime on the villains wiki. He should get Bernie to do his course for yeah. him. <laughs> so yes, there are some pretty terrible crimes there, but I just I can't I can't believe that it would fill a whole book. And and, and like and you you were talking to me the other day and saying like how how notorious in the world of Coronation Street is John Stape? Is he like well known across the country. This is what the, the the existence of this book and the fact that Phil independently also tried to write a book about him indicates to me that he's a notorious criminal. But the weird thing is, if he's a notorious criminal, then other people 
are, have committed far worse crimes than he has and yet they don't seem to have been mentioned at all ever or spoken of no. in the true crime world. You'd think that Pat Phelan or Tony Gordon would also be notorious. Yeah, if you were to rank the criminals of Coronation Street, John would be languishing towards, you know, middle to bottom Richard sort of Hillman, area. obviously. Yeah. Wouldn't somebody have been, like... Like, I'm waiting for... Uh, I mean, they can't do this because it's too meta, but somebody from the Weatherfield Gazette to say, yeah, I'm just writing a series of books about all the people that literally live in this area. Mm. I think it's to do with sinkholes. What Somebody's going to come up with some kind of story about there's a vortex of evil... Through, that coming up through the sinkholes that drives people mad, <laughs> like our Halloween special about the curse yeah. of number six. Yeah, Gail, tell you what, Gail and Eileen must be just like counting their blessings that the 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 the, the book well, wasn't next. against their ex-husband. Well, this would have been an, another thing that they could have picked up on, which they didn't. Which would be, you know, somebody else going, "Oh God, am I am I on the chopping block here? Am I going to be the one?" I mean. Uh, you know, Tracy could very well have a have a, at least a chapter written about her somewhere. Yeah, definitely. she's a murderer. It's it just I, I I'm finding it difficult to believe. And also that thing, you know, Hope was reading that thing online that said it had two point two thousand comments. I, I, it is the internet, though. A lot of those are probably just people arguing with each other and calling each other names. They're probably all trolling, aren't they? Trolling each other. Definitely. I bet Maria's on there. Yeah, Slagging off fizz. She's got, she's got multiple accounts of that. <laughs> um, anyway, so it, I, despite all of that, I still um, very much did enjoy this story. I, I did enjoy the John Stape stuff when it was on. Like I said last week, I, th- I think maybe they're returning to that well a little bit too much. But it was it was fun stuff, and I particularly enjoyed the um, the, the cardboard cutout <laughs> little scream that Fizz did when she walked into the lounge. That was that was well done. Um, are you so? Do we, what, what's your general thoughts about it? Are you finding it at all silly, or are you just reveling in the uh, in the in the murderousness of it all? I'm just really enjoying it because I like true crime. I like the fact that um, that there's a ramification for because because Coronation Street villains just come and go, don't they? And they they almost never get mentioned again. And sometimes they have lingering effects on people. Like I really think Richard Hillman's had the longest mm. effect because he really screwed David up. But he doesn't really get talked about, and David doesn't sort of credit him for his psychopathy or whatever you. Call oh no, it. I would say he. I, I, in the past, he certainly has done. When he was going through his demon David trouble, yeah, teenager. Yeah. Okay, phase, that was a would. long time ago. Yeah, I think he. I think he's over him now. He's over it. Um, I just like. I just think it's. It makes. It feels more realistic to me, and. I'm just, it's something I'm interested in. So I'm really, I really love it. I, and I want to see what this is going to do to Hope because I kind of agree with the book. She is a fictional character. So I don't feel bad about saying this because she is a child. But I really think that if anyone's going to get messed up, it's going to be Hope. She's yeah. already a, a pyromaniac. She is, but the, the the book seems to be suggesting that, you know, it's in the blood and everything, which I think is ridiculous. And the, the fact that she never even knew her father has, has you know, had no contact with Well, then with it would him. have to be genetic, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I, I don't believe it is. And it also, you know, I'm still thinking... John wasn't naturally bad. He did just want to teach. He wasn't bad at all. He just had some rotten rotten luck happen to him. And that, that's why I would have felt that probably this story would have turned out better if it was based on a villain who actually no, I like did it. have I evil like intentions. I think it's great. Mm. I also kind of wish, in a way, that Hope was a bit older. 
um, because then she might be able to sort of write her own book. I feel like I feel like this this should be a bit where she says, oh, "I want to tell my side of the story," and you know, although mm. she kind of already has a little bit. Yeah, I hope that they've got more kind of in the well for for hope than just oh, is she a psychopath? Because uh, pe- people are enjoying it and like, oh, she's an arsonist and everything and all, you know, but I, I, it, she's she's becoming across as a little bit of, a bit one-dimensional, I have to say. No, I love it. Mm, I, I, I don't mind it, but I, I, I can only put up with it so long. Um, so do, do you think that... Um, do you think that Tyrone and Fizz actually had a good case? Should no. should they have spent they that hundred thousand pounds? Kept that, keep their heads down and just be grateful that it, he obviously doesn't have. There's there's nobody's taking this seriously enough for there to be the police come knocking on the door and going. You know what? They can't. The thing is, the other thing with you know two and a half two point two thousand comments on the article and everything. I, how many copies of this book did Tyrone? buy because if he was able to clear out the whole of the weatherfield supply of this book there can't have been that many on the shelves there can't have been that much interest despite the fact that it was a media sensation i'm going to tell you that physical copies of media do not sell a lot at all are there just not very many bookshops in coronation street I don't it know. doesn't matter. I don't know why you're getting hung up on I that. I know. I know. Sorry. I, I need to. I need to. I don't think you need to sell a lot of copies to get yourself onto a chart. Mm. Um, okay. Well, did you? So yeah. Would they? Do you think they didn't have a leg to stand on? No, because she did. She did know about some of his crimes. She did. I mean, th- interestingly, I don't know whether she was in on sh- his side at one point. She was. So what? So what happened? She 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 didn't know about him killing Charlotte. Um, she didn't know about. Although, actually, did he kill... I can't remember who turned the life well, support Well, we should have off. listened to... Was it John or was it Charlotte's parents that I think that off? they asked him I, I, to I, do I still it. Blame he John befriended them, didn't he? Yeah. And um, I think that they eventually asked him to turn... They yeah. decided I together. Right. I think you're right. And they got him to do it. Yeah. So <laughs> That's he... not a murder, is it? No, 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 no. So he, he, he was still responsible Although... for Charlotte for being in that coma. Yeah, it, it would actually technically be murder because some people have been charged even like decades later mm. if somebody dies of an injury that they sustained from the person yeah. attacking them so yeah. it would have technically uh, under the law in this country would have been a murder so fizz didn't know about that she also didn't know about um about joy fishwick the fact that john had killed her but fizz for a little while still did profit from joy's death because after Joy died, she it turned out that she had... I can't remember what the story was. It was something <laughs> along the lines of Fizz was claiming to be um, a relative of Joy's or something. Like Fizz, Fizz basically, I, and, and I think it was probably John that was able to coerce her into this, but Fizz ended up trying to get a load of money. She was, um, she was identity thefting. Um, as well and she she yeah she got into a bit of trouble because of that so she she was being a bit of a wrong on that that's not been brought up and, and i can't remember the details look, look it up on Corinpedia, it's there and also like you said fizz definitely did move a body um and this was colin fishwick's body now colin fishwick who's just like my favoritely named current my most favorite named coronation street character yep. ever i'll never forget it he was a teaching colleague of john who um just had a heart attack, didn't he? In number five with John there. John and Charlotte were there um, back in uh, 2010, I think. 
and um, and so John and Charlotte wrapped him up in a um, in a uh, roll of carpet, hid him underneath the factory that was having works done to it, and then Fizz ends up finding him moving the body many months later, and then she helps John try and dispose of this body in the canal. So in in at least two ways, she was very knowingly complicit in his crimes. And the fact that they were trying to get this libel lawyer involved um, to say that because it suggested that Fizz knew knew about it. And she was like, no, I didn't know. So I don't know whether they've retconned it. I think it would be a lot more interesting if they got the libel lawyer involved and then they said, well, hang on a minute, didn't you do this and didn't you do that? And Fizz is like, Oh yeah, I knew about that, but I didn't know about the rest of it. I didn't know. That would be hilarious if that happened. I just quickly checked on Wikipedia and it says that Colin kidnapped local teenager Rosie Webster, stole the identity... No, John did. You what just did said Colin. Sorry. He kidnapped uh, Rosie, stole the identity and covered up Colin Fishwick's death from a heart attack, uh, manslaughter of Joy Fishwick and the murder of Charlotte Hoyle. Then he died uh, yeah. after crashing his car into the back of a lorry in a car... Does it, does it say anything Webster. about the Joy Fishwick identity theft? It doesn't matter, it doesn't well, matter. But basically, yeah, Fizz was was trying to claim some money from Joy. So she was absolutely um, uh, involved in this. Just not to the maybe the full extent that the book is is trying to make out. But anyway, um, I, I, I thought that was all quite interesting. Um, what did you think about the whole Tyrone feeling insecure about his manliness and, and being a pushover and everything? I thought that was kind of sweet. And maybe it did excuse why he was just so happy with his fists recently. I was just quickly saying whether John actually went to court for any of this stuff. And, you know, he didn't. So No, no, Fizz ended no... up getting the, the getting, um, collared for it. But then he had, like, a deathbed confession or something. And then she mm. was exonerated. Yeah, do, do, do you think that Tyrone... Do, do you blame him for, for being... Yeah, punching people if he's feeling a bit of a. Yeah, I don't feel like should be sympathetic to somebody who needs to show how manly he is by punching people that have got nothing. I'll to tell do you who anything. I blame for all this, Kevin. He's been hanging around with Kevin too long, who yeah. we know will punch first and ask questions later. I just so think, I think it's got a lot to utterly for. pathetic to feel to 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 be Tyrone and go, oh, I feel out of control of my life. I'll just punch somebody, <laughs> and then and then get sympathy off off of your girlfriend for, oh oh. You know, shut up, Tyrone. No, you're not getting sympathy off of me because you felt bad about your masculinity so you had to go and punch somebody. Yeah. Next time, just like, see how long your dick is or something. That might help you. How rude. Well, for goodness sake. <laughs> so, sorry, fragile masculinity is like not my concern. I'm not, I don't have, I don't care about it. Okay, okay. Um, I did, I did think it that did lead to some nice, those, those scenes at the end of Wednesday's episode between Fizz and Tyrone was Why very didn't Fizz nice say something as a like, Tyrone fan? You know, you, the, there are many negative traits of masculinity that you don't have that I admire you for that. Mm. You know, you don't, stupid. Well, she was kind of saying though, like, that kind of stuff on well, Wednesday. Whatever. She did some good speeches. I did enjoy Fizz this the, the, week. The insinuation that he's not a real man because he hasn't punched a sufficient number of people <laughs> in his life is just pathetic. Yeah, they probably, do you think they have a tally like on the on the wall of the Rovers lose, the, the gents, like mm. you've got your character list names and how many people they've punched. How many and people they've Kevin punched and, and Tim how many are probably people they've there. shagged. Kevin, Tim and Gary are up there and Tyrone's like, oh no. Gary's like, if only I could put all the people I killed on there. <laughs> and 
anyway, yeah, like you said, definitely interested on in seeing where this goes um, for Hope. I think it is kind of natural for her to be curious about her dad because she I is. Wouldn't you about stop me? She is still very young and immature. This. I'm in. I I think that as well. Like she's she's not going to understand everything that's in this book because she has only what eleven, twelve or so. This is not a book that is aimed at her age range. When she was so reading, I think it, she's going like, to get some funny wow, ideas from it. She's she's advanced. Yeah. I also thought it was quite funny because there was a bit where you know Sam and Sam and Hope are having a conversation in the bistro and Sam's sort of Hope's telling Sam that she's going to become more popular at school because she's going to get all these details of a murder and it's really funny to me that Hope's Hope's dad's a murderer Sam's mum was murdered neither of them have put the two together Sam hasn't said oh do you not think that it's bad to murder people and why do you want to be popular because your dad's a murderer Mm. I wonder how much crossover those two storylines will have, if if at all. It would make sense if they even mentioned it to each other, mm. but they they haven't. Mm. Do you think that reading the book is going to influence Hope to, you know, is she going to start hero worshipping her dad or something? Well, Jade did. Yeah, exactly. She did, didn't she? Although I can't remember what Jade knew. Well, but we do you think I that Fizzard think... kind of strung him well, on or we um yeah, him into I don't or... think that we have all the details about Jade in our character profile of no no we wouldn't have died. I don't think that Jade was around when uh, when we did that profile but but... Did, didn't we upload to YouTube I don't remember we'll have I to listen to it again at all uh, but um yeah so I, maybe I... she'll try to get in touch with uh with Jade again I, I I really would love it if she did, but I I, I don't know. I, and there was unfinished business with Jade, I felt, but it doesn't feel like it's going to happen. There's but, yeah, it's think... weird. It's weird that there are characters that really should be involved in this and then mm. they're nowhere around. I, I, I don't know what I want. I don't know whether I want Hope to be, to start, like I said, hero-worshipping and him and, and going down the darker path, or whether I just prefer, because like I said earlier, they they returning to this world quite a lot about her being a psychopath or whether I prefer her to read the book and go blimey I'm in over my head here mummy can I have a cuddle and Aww. and just and that's the end of it and I've learned a lesson now yeah don't she read does books. need to learn a lesson what like, she lesson was, does she, she was, need to learn um don't set fire to things and be a psychopath oh also don't blame your parents for all of this. So she did she did kind of bring this upon herself by chatting to that person online. And I'm victim blaming a, a pre teenage girl here. But she 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 kinda knows what she's doing, I'm sure. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Anything else to add about the, the John Stape storyline? Nope. We're done. Right, on to the Max Streamism storyline, which I was still absolutely loving. I was wondering up until today's episode where Spider had got to, but he did um he did pop out the drain pipe for a few scenes today, didn't he? So um it all started off. Do you think there's gonna be a scene where Griff at the very end of this, Griff confronts him and they he does an incy wincy spider? And washes him down the water. <laughs> what, like, uh, is the sinkhole going to open up again? Harvey was washed spider. down the water spout last year, wasn't he? And it? down the water spout. Right. Monday. And, and, and Spider's like, no, I've always worried about that. <laughs> I always knew this would be how it ended. <laughs> <laughs> He's used to crawling through tunnels that are probably yeah. flooded, isn't he? He's yeah. a davand at that. Right, Monday, Max reminds Shona and the viewers that he's got his first shift at speed dial this evening. What could go wrong? Shona wishes him luck. And just let's get this out of the gate now. Shona was... <laughs> Shona was just brilliant this week, She's wasn't so she? She's so dippy, I love her. <laughs> Julia Golding is just... It's just She's revelling up, in it. Playing it up. 
just before she goes off on her maternity leave, she's just like, yeah, I'm gonna give every, I'm gonna give it all I've got. I'm gonna go right over the top with it, but I don't care. I love it. Not over the top. It's anyway, just perfect. Max turns up at speed dial. Darian's already there, rushing around in his little pink penny. And uh, Max is kind of stressing about a bit about, I don't see late, I don't know, but he accidentally bumps into Darian and he knocks Cutlery over the floor and Yasmin's like, hey guys, just chill, everything's going to be fine. So, it turns out that uh, Max is a bit of a liability in the kitchen and uh, he overhears Yasmin getting very frustrated about him with Alia. Yeah, I can't remember what Yasmin's saying, just like... Like, he's an idiot. He, he's an idiot. Why, <laughs> why did you hire him? This is, uh, he's more trouble than he's worth. So, yeah, he it's like it just very handily feeding into everything that Griff wants Max to be thinking he thinks that everybody's out to get him and um and, and this refugee the Darian is getting all the preferential treatment and everything so he leaves he goes and has a bit of a sulk in Victoria Gardens which leads to I must say a very nice scene between him and Alia he's there having a mope and, and he says oh I quit and she says look what's up and I it wasn't Alia nice in this scene just very kind of sympathetic and and listening nicely and all that yeah, I thought we so. We said that was a good one. I, I enjoyed Alia this week. He he tells her what he's overheard and uh, Alia says, look, Yasmin was just stressed out. This is a high pressure job and everything. And Max says, well, look, everyone thinks that I'm a loser. And now, and now I hear Yasmin saying this and, and Alia says, look, if everyone's saying you're a loser, you prove them wrong. You get back in that kitchen, do it's some like waiting. It's like me, everyone says I'm boring, so I just do outrageous cool stuff and then everyone thinks I'm cool now. <laughs> didn't, didn't she also say, like, it's not exactly brain science or rocket science or anything, Max? It's just it's just the way it is, job, but you can, you can give well, it all you've got, Well, at this stage, mate. when you... I'm sorry, but if you can't handle your first day, it's not... Like, it is a stressful job. Mm. You just need to leave but she's he, he, he can't leave because he can't have the storyline then she's very oh, right, sweet yeah. and says look come back i hear you're gonna get some good scenes if you come back to, to work for us you'll be so, in a major storyline you can't give up now yes um back home later at number eight max and lauren are there and and she's like oh i hope they're not favoring that darian at speed dial over you and um and shona's there <laughs> peeling a potato <laughs> this is this, there's a couple of brilliance. Every interaction that Shona has with Max whilst Lauren is in the room or just being talked about. Was... She's just loving it. She's just like, oh, you got a girlfriend. Was... Yeah, she's... <laughs> I can't... Yeah, because she, she's... Oh, yeah, Max, he's... is this your racist girlfriend? No, oh, what's so he... she's, she's there. Was that the scene where she was saying um, the... Um... Was this the... Oh. Love Lauren, or whatever. At I can't. The end of the she scene. did. She did do that at one point. I, I love. Bye, Lauren. See you, Lauren. Oh, I love Lauren. And it was so <laughs> over the top, but uh, it really has. She's settled into the perfect place for me between the old Shona and the batty shit on a box Shona. I love her. And then there was also the the, the line where she's like, "Oh, who, which one of your girlfriends is this? Is this such and such? Oh no, that was her last one." And she's like, "I'm only kidding. He's never had a girlfriend in his life." <laughs> <laughs> So brilliantly embarrassing. I love her. Was it her that was making? I can't remember. Was her was making fun of him for having his trousers down by his waist as well. Oh no, that was that was in Speed Dial, wasn't it? When he had his pants showing because he's cool like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, Matt, uh, Wednesday, um, Max is is going back to work again. He wants to make a good impression on Alia and everything, and he's having a much better second day at Speed Dial. Nazir's are impressed with him. Um, and then he gets this message from Lauren saying, see you after work, don't stink of curry. 
And um, then she didn't text him for a whole 24 hours later because when we saw him with his phone earlier in today's, uh, on Friday's episode, that was the last message that they sent. So um, that was weird. Mm. Anyway, later on, Lauren comes to see Max at work and she you can see when she's coming in there that she is not very comfortable at being in this establishment. Although it kind of later transpires and we we supposed this at the time as well that she was maybe putting it on a little I, bit what do you mean it transpires well no I, I think that um, I, I can't remember who it was we'll find out later when we get there somebody it was David wasn't it he was like saying are you sure that, she, that Lauren was really kind of nervous here is that not just what she wanted you to think I think I don't I think don't, we, I, I don't I'm, think we actually found out for sure that that was 100% what happened but. at the time I was wondering how much of this is an act and how much of it is she is genuinely uncomfortable yeah, I, I think it possibly is a bit of both, but I I am I'm quite interested to see, you know, whether all of this is a game. Even the fact that, you know, she she shagged him and then and then buggered off for today's episode, making him feel like he's he's on his own again, is that all part of the act? So that when she comes back, he's like, Oh Lauren, sorry, I, I yeah, you're you are you're right and, and well, you know, I, 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 I wonder, know. I wonder. Um so anyway, um she she sits down and, and Alia says, Oh Darian, go and have a have a chat with her just while Max is finishing off here, go and offer her a free drink or something. What does she why don't you bring her for dinner? Uh, oh yeah, uh, what but where does it say that? Alia tells Darren, offer her a free drink, and then she finishes his shift, and yeah, Alia yeah, yeah. says, why don't you just have dinner here tonight with your staff discount? Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Sorry, I forgot that. Yeah, he loves the idea. I can't get enough of this place. And she, she starts pretending that she doesn't feel well, can't get out of there fast enough. Um, and and th- this by this point, um, Darian has had a couple of conversations with Lauren, hadn't he? And he was just trying to be nice with her and everything. And, and she was acting all weird out, weirded I, out by it. I want to say one thing while I think about it. And that is that um, I don't think that, in general, racists in this country have a big problem about going to um, Indian food places that are Indian serve Indian and Pakistani food as a restaurant like I don't think that lots of people have a problem with with that I, do, I would literally have no idea I think that they're racist but I don't think they care that much because they know that the food's delicious <laughs> but I don't I think the problem that Lauren had was that normally when you're a racist and you go to a Pakistani or Indian restaurant you're the one that they're catering to you're in charge so they have to you know they're they're subservient to mm. you like literally they're bringing you food you know you're you're like lording it over them basically yeah. but this was a bit of a role reversal as far as Lauren is concerned because he's there working for them. So he's below the people that she considers to be beneath her. So I think she just suddenly couldn't handle the idea of her boyfriend working. I mean, they've made it obvious that that's the thing, but actually her seeing... Her mm. white boyfriend get, being given orders, yeah, being given orders from by like people who aren't white. She she just didn't like it. Mm. Yeah, because I'm just saying I I don't think that that um I I think there are lots of racist people that are more than happy to go to places like Speedwell and eat food there, and they wouldn't have this reaction. I, I don't think, think are, Lauren but... would always be like this if she went somewhere like this. I think it was literally because she was interacting with them and. It was like also that they were treating her like an equal, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Like she was chatting, chatting to chatting to her like she's she's their friend, and Mm. she couldn't cope with that. She she hates them so much. The idea that they could even consider her to be, you know, of 
they're equal. But I still, in Does a way... Does that make sense? Yeah, I yeah, don't know but, if I'm articulating Yeah, no, you are. Uh, but I still, in a way, also feel bad for her slightly because she's obviously just had been exposed to the same horrible literature and, and lies and propaganda and everything that they're now giving Max. And, and as we, Well, she's had some kind of... She's been indoctrinated. She's been given information. Just in the same way as he has. But the difference is, I suppose, that she's... Her dad is Reese. Um, and so she she's she's had it all life. her life. She's not been brought into the group. It's just literally something that she's she's grown up thinking. Um, anyway, so also how much is she actually like Max? How much has she been told? You are now Max's girlfriend. We need him in the group. She was last week at the party. Yeah, I just know, kind is... of she was put there like. Mm. Yeah, it's like, a, you know, an like, old oh. medieval banquet or, or whatever. And, and here maybe... is the, the lady, whatever. She, she yeah. was, let's, let's just join houses. So. Yeah, yeah. But, like, is she, like, in this situation, in this restaurant, going, this is disgusting. Like, he's he's kowtowing to these people. Now I've got to, like, kiss him and stuff. And he's, like, acting like they're his boss. Mm. These people that I've been taught forever are beneath me. Yeah, yeah. I, it's interesting. That it's a, anyway, um, so they they they've so she gone. storms off, doesn't she? she yeah. She's so like they go they go out. back to race his HQ, and and Lauren's still very very shaken or acting it. Griff tells Max, "I can't believe you let her alone there in the room with this with this waiter with this Darian," and 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 um and and, and Max is saying, "Well, he's just having a nice chat with her," or, or so so he thinks, and Lauren. It kind of says to Max, no, I felt absolutely petrified being there. I felt sick being there with him. I, I've, it, like it, it, He was being really intimidating to me, actually. Well, I can't remember where when it comes along, but by, by the end of the week, Max is under the impression that Darian tried to... Um, you know, make a pass at Lauren or something. And I, and I, I think I missed where, where that happened. But I do. I, said, I mentioned this last week. And um, again, I you know, it's uncomfortable to talk about. But I wonder if they're trying to allude to these grooming gangs that were were in the news of these. It would. It would. You know, like is she so. trying to insinuate that Darian was trying to recruit her in like sex trafficking gang or something? Maybe because that's the only reason that you would ever say t- to somebody, "Oh, I can't believe you left her alone there." What in a restaurant? What do you mean? <laughs> like in in the open in a restaurant? Yeah. Nothing's gonna happen to her unless you think, unless you've bought into this idea that you know there are gangs of Muslim people just hanging out in restaurants waiting to molest white girls and yeah. drag them into the into the um the kitchen and put them in the sex fridge <laughs> do you think Yasmin's got one of them as well Is I bet she does stand and kitchen installation in Weatherfield <laughs> she's like no no we don't need a sex fridge in here thank you very much um, right. and, then, and then Rana comes along and hang on what's this about oh we just have to shag in the van come on Kate <laughs> yeah they've got a sex van at speed dial <laughs> haven't van. they <laughs> sex fridge on wheels <laughs> So Max takes Lauren back to Speeddale later and he kind of plays the big man, doesn't he? He's like, oh, well, Darian, I think I'd appreciate it, actually, if you said sorry to Lauren because you made her feel really uncomfortable. And he's like being the big I am and everything, isn't he? He's like already starting to learn the sort of behaviours that you might associate with with the... Um, we, you know, people like Griff uh, and and that lot. And uh, how much really do you it's, think... It's that... kind of very... It's almost like mafia-like, wasn't it? Well, yeah. How much do you think Griff really thought this is the best way to solve this issue? Or do you think that he was like, if I make Max go and confront Darian, that's going to cause more conflict and then Darian's going to lash out or somebody's going to tell him he's wrong mm. and then he'll 
He's not gonna. He's not gonna back down, is he? No. Now Max has been told, "Oh, you, you, you're responsible for protecting your woman from from this guy." And just to be clear again, at no point has Max really been told anything racist about these people, apart from the curry. Com- you know, they've been yeah. really, really bad comments, but there's not been anything yet that's made Max go. Right, Max, it's it's them versus us. No, that's what comes on Friday, mm-hmm. isn't it? So, um, yeah, Darian's kind of confused by all this. And, and he's like, well, no, yeah, I was just trying to be friendly anything. with what her. I don't, I don't get it. And things start getting a bit heated. And then Darian's like, fine, I'll say sorry if, for any offence caused. And Max is like, he's like, oh, there you go. That wasn't too difficult, was it now? And he like gives him a pat on the shoulder. It was, uh, it was very... Yeah, it was. It and totally gross. was. It, it was very kind of, yeah, gangsterish, like, wasn't it? And... Uh, and then he kind of takes Lauren off there. Alia's over the overhearing the whole thing and says, I, I can't believe you even had to say sorry there. You've got nothing to, to, da- to apologise about. To, yeah, to Darian. You've got nothing to apologise you. I saw you talking with Lauren earlier. You were just being nice. And um, so she, he, he, Darian then goes into the kitchen and looks all anguished and everything. And he does it again later after the speed well, this doll, is the thing. Uh, after the Victoria Gordon scene. This is the difference here between Alia and Darian. And she doesn't really get this position that he's in, even though they both are discriminated against in the same way, Darren's got so much less power in the situation and he probably has had situations before in the past where it's easier and it's much safer for him as an as a asylum seeker, immigrant in this country, to completely disengage, back off, avoid all conflict. He can't stand up for himself because he doesn't want to cause trouble. Mm. Because he's waiting for his home office. Yes, that's interview. true. Interview, and if he gets into trouble with somebody, what's that gonna What's that gonna mm. look like? Alia's is very secure. She thinks she, you know, she's she's very confident. Um, she confronts uh, people later on the week about the racism. She stands up for herself because she's she um, believes in her rights and she understands she's you know she's got a secure position. Yeah, she's very secure. She's been there all her life. She's got a family around her and everything and he's literally on his own. We get to find yeah. out then later in today's episode that he's got this older brother that he was separated from and he thought he was coming to a better place coming to here and now he realizes you know I'm I'm in over my head. I felt so sorry for him when he had to give up then. Yeah. How many times has this happened? How many times even now mm. are, are people just having to put up with abuse because they're too scared to stand up for themselves because they know that or suspect that it will cause them more grief down the road? Yeah, yeah, if they, if they say something. Yeah. Anyway, so he goes over to Victoria Gardens where he finds uh, Max and Lauren and he's like, look, I just want to sort this out. Yeah. I didn't do anything. Why, why did you make me apologise? Well, I'm really sorry and everything. And Max is like, no, I don't, I don't want to hear you. Lauren says, oh yeah, well, you'll always stick together. She's she's talking about him, him and Alia because and, he says, oh, Alia heard me and, and, and I didn't say anything And, and Alia told me that. I didn't yeah, and she says, you'll always stick together. And we do get like a, a, a brief glimpse of Max kind of Going looking at Lauren and go, oh, what? Do you what? Mean? But he doesn't say anything. No. Um, it's he just, just goes, oh, the, yes, restaurant folk. She must mean that. And and I think that was, <laughs> you know, that was a perfectly normal reaction from Max as well. I, I think he... To, to, well, this is the benefit go, of the doubt, uh, isn't it? But not say anything. I think if he'd have said, oh, Lauren, how, what, what do you mean? I, I dumped you on the spot. I, I can't believe that Max would have done that. Um, no, I think you wouldn't... You say might, anything yeah yeah but but at least if fair you're play Max, to him he did go back home with her later and says and, and called her out on it which was actually quite of a big thing to do because you know if he was open to open to 
you know, have a bit of a rumpy pumpy with Lauren, that's not necessarily the best uh, best icebreaker, is it? He's not going to coax her into the bed by um, suggesting that she's a massive racist. <laughs> anyway, she says, well, you know, I, I didn't mean anything by it. Anyway, it just it stands to reason, doesn't it? People from the same culture should stick together. It's just common sense. So and this is like, funny because yeah. she's flipping it back and saying, well, yeah, they should stick together. Mm. And then how can Max then say... Anything against that, you can't, can you? You can't go, oh, no, I don't agree with that. Yeah. But then the the thought then follows, if them lot should stick together, yeah. us lot should stick together. Yeah, exactly. You see how easy it is yeah. to create this weird argument that makes kind of logical sense, mm. as long as you don't think about it for too long. Yeah, and then she's... And especially if you've got a boner. Well, yeah. yeah <laughs> Your I, brain, you, there's of... no blood going to his brain right now. It moves quite quickly, <laughs> because these two have only known each other for a week, and um, she kind of seals the deal by planting a big smackaroo yep. on his lips, and then she kind of leads him upstairs, and he's like... Ah. Okay, great. He's... I, I do, I do really, I do really like Max and, and Maddie's portrayal of him because he's still, he is a little bit goofy and Max uh, and Maddie, hmm? Mac Paddy, oh Paddy's okay. portrayal of him, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. because he is quite like adorable in some ways, he's isn't a, he? His, his little, a... his little like, <laughs> okay then, <laughs> I do, because he, he's, he's not a, you know, a, what, what he's going to become and be by the end of this story, I don't know, but he's still quite he's childlike in many he? ways, isn't he? And, and and he always was. I mean, you know, when he was a little kid, he was a real proper cutie pie, wasn't he? Back in yeah. in the very early days when Harry McDermott played him, he was adorable. But you know, he has and he still through... got bits of that too. Yeah, him. but he. I just re- you know, I just said, oh, he's he's not malicious, but actually he is. He is because he's got up to some really awful things, and I feel like we just got amnesia. He has, yeah. They well, when, in the last year, you know, when he was, um, he, he was. What did he do at the party? The rape. ice ball. Date rape drugs, Michael. Yeah. Filming people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. He's a bit of a wrong one, really, isn't he? But, um, but uh, yeah, but, yeah, Paddy's so portrayal complex. of him makes him so charming. So complex. Yeah, let's just say he's complex, and then that, that it's cool, absolves him of all previous sins. Yeah. But anyway, she leads him upstairs, and, um, and, and there we go. Max's cherry is popped. Did, did not go into Wednesday's episode expecting that to happen. <laughs> no, not really. Um, so, Friday then. Um, we don't even get, um, you know, a, a post-coital scene with the two of them, thank Good. goodness. But um, we start off with Alia and Yasmin saying, yeah, Lauren was a bit weird yesterday, wasn't she? What was going on there then? And uh, this is in Speed Dial. And Darian comes in and, and tells them about what Lauren had said in Victoria Gardens about your lot sticking together. What a, what a racist cow she is, basically. And Max stayed silent. So um, he kind of talked... And this is when he talks to Wiley about his brother and um, how he got separated from him and everything. So Yasmin and, and, uh, and Analia now you know, don't think very highly of Lauren at all. And, and they're probably very used to all of these kind of comments uh, before, so they know well, what yeah, this I don't, means. You know, I, I'm not saying that... When I'm t- when I'm contrasting and comparing Alia and Darian, I, by no, and saying that Alia's secure and she, she stands up against it, I'm not saying that she's never experienced racism before. Well, no, we, but, we know that she has seen experienced racism and that was when Luke punched the racists, wasn't it? That was a few yeah. years ago. She absolutely has. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, she's because she has experienced it before, she is better Alia, at dealing with it, I suppose, or more used to dealing Alia with it. Alia's a very no-nonsense person, isn't she? I think she's very logical, and I think she's very fair-minded. Mm. And um, so this is interesting. 
Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm. I, this is. I'm start. I'm. I'm. I'm almost thinking this could actually turn into the making of Alia. The making of Alia, like her best story potentially. I know, like, but I'm not at this stage mm. thinking. Oh, I wish Alia no. wasn't involved. And usually, when Alia is involved in a story, I'm thinking, oh, they could probably do without her here no, because but I'm just she's a bit say, annoying. I really like confident. Um, you know, brash Alia standing up for herself. But I, because of what happened at the end of the week, I think next week we're going to see her you know the kind of story has to go that she's gonna get you know a bit upset and intimidated by this which is not gonna no i know i know but for the moment i'm enjoying her so and and rightfully i'd be terrified and and, oh yeah definitely definitely upset if if what happened to her happened to me Mm. um anyway this is uh after this is when we get to see max and he's um he's he's texting lauren and he's this is where we see the 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 don't smell a curry text and uh, so he hasn't texted her since then and his follow-up text is um like you were amazing last night. And then he like looks at it and he's like, no, I'm not going to send that. Don't he just thanks, hey. Oh, <laughs> like, I loved it. I loved it. It's because he's totally really not a player, is he? doing a lot to make him seem likeable and vulnerable. Yeah, that, that's the thing. They need to make him look vulnerable so that it's... Impressionable. Know, we, yeah, yeah. So because he's being coerced and groomed by these guys and he's not just walking in going, yeah, I heard you were racist. Can I join, please? <laughs> Um, See, that's what Spider did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, All right, this... guys. Is this the racist uh, environmentalist this... society? This Can racist I join, HQ? please? I heard Hitler's a vegetarian. Can I be in this? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, he, he's... Uh, Lauren then happens to come to the door and Max invites her in, but it's not long before Shona's embarrassing them again and uh, and they go back outside. So, um, Alia goes and finds them in the cafe later and... Um, and and, and and confronts them about um, this this remark that, that Darian had said. And they're like, no, Lauren didn't say that at all. And um, kind of push past her on the way out. Reese back at um, the flat, um, Lauren's dad, remember, he gets this phone call from the college to say that Lauren hasn't turned up there today. The colleges college? The colleges report on absence to parents? I don't know what they're legally right. obliged to Just do. Just to explain again... College being 16 to 18 year olds. I think it's mandatory now, so maybe it's different. But when we went, you went to sixth form, which is attached to a school. I went to a college, which is a separate independent educational institution that only teaches people of those two years or, you know, adult educating for the same kind of qualifications. And so it was an optional thing that you could go to or not. Nobody cared if you went. They're not phoning your parents. It's kind of like training to go to university. I, I, I need to have a conversation with you about college one of these days because I've known you for like 20 plus years. <laughs> and you went to college for two years and I really have got really no idea what it was like. It was brilliant. In my I head, think, I just, you know, I stayed on at sixth form and it was kind of like school, but we had we were allowed to wear whatever blazer we wanted That's to wear. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I could choose stupid. my shirt colour. And uh, but apart from that, it was kind of like school. And it you had this completely different experience to I me. Think everyone I think I don't really to know much about what it was like. No, I, th- I think it was really important for me to go to college before I went to university. Because it was like university light. You lived at home. But you went to you went to college and you wore whatever clothes you wanted and you went to whatever lessons you know and they didn't really 
And there were boys there, weren't there? And like oh, yeah. the rest of your secondary school education. Whereas in my sixth form, I just stayed with boys because I know I was at a boys' school all the way from <laughs> three secondary school at university. And what, what an enlightenment <laughs> that was when I went to university and found that there was more than one gender. Anyway. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, um, Alia, um, Alia's finding in the cafe. I've said that when I read it. Oh yeah, Reese. So he's, he's mad that um, Lauren hasn't turned up at college. Is he mad? Is he pretending to be mad? Is this all a ruse? I don't know. But, um, is it all a Roose Bolton? Yes. <laughs> he, he leaves. He leaves. Well, he's he mad at Max. Off. Yeah. Yeah. But as I, said, I don't know whether he's actually mad or, or what. Um, that if there had been, I'd quite like there to have been a secret scene between Reese and Lauren later at the end, maybe the end of the episode going. No, 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 no. I think, no, I think this, I, I think this is all genuine. You reckon? I don't, I don't, I don't think that they're putting on acts here. I don't know. I think they're all just racist and uh, hyperbolic. I like how I guess I like how it's unclear then. So there's there's a bit of ambiguity here in it. I it think it's theorising, doesn't it? I think a lot of the things that are happening are very convenient for them. Yeah, I think they probably realise that they're convenient. Yeah, yeah, well, everything. Is but I also think that a lot of this it? would be quite inevitable if they really want to get to to Max. Mm. And Max lives in a very diverse neighbourhood of people that all very can be quite annoying it's only going to be a certain amount of time before they can go hey that guy over there mm. you know yeah yeah and don't you think the reason is not because he's just generally annoying mm. it's because of the color of his skin yeah yeah anyway he leaves max reesters alone with griff and uh, I, this is a great scene i love this one this is a fairly lengthy scene by coronation street standards wasn't it and it was Really, Griff turning it up to the next level. He's knocking it up a notch here. And he, he also uses the term they to speak about Darian and Alia. And Max is like, you're saying that as well. What do you mean? And Griff's like, he's really cocky and cocky. He's like, what do you, what do you think? I mean, go on, you, you can say it. You, 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 know, you know you're thinking it, aren't you? And he's like, he's trying to get Max to use the language. And, 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 and then he's like, oh, yeah, it's Muslims. You mean Muslims, don't you? And Max is like super uncomfortable about this because, you know, he's been through the school system, which is, you know, and, and, well, and life, basically, but saying you can't do that. British values are that you are you show respect and, and tolerance of all cultures, religions, traditions, etc. So... And well, Max I'd like, is like to say that what? I can't yeah. believe that there's somebody here saying that that's going yeah. against you know what I have always been taught to believe and what I actually do believe. I really honestly think that that's most people's belief system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and, and it, I know that's probably really naive of me, but you know. I, 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 that's what I want to believe that this yeah, is Yeah, I would unusual. hope so. And and, and, and uh, I think, and, and even if people... And I think most people would, you know, if you're in a room with somebody and they start going, oh, oh Muslims this, Muslims that, you get... I, I've been in cabs where people... I've said this before on the show. I've been in taxis where I've been alone with a man who knows where I live, who then starts going on about things that I don't find comfortable to discuss and mm. I really have no choice but to just not join in but also not tell him to shut up. You yeah, know? It's, like, it's super uncomfortable when you get when you get people like that, and and Max is, isn't he? And he says, look, just because people follow the same religion, it doesn't make them all the same. Uh, and Griff's like, ah, oh, you've just been listening to all this woke rubbish that the media's telling you, that schools are telling you. You're just like everyone else. Well, I'll tell you what, Max, I'm going to show you something mm-hmm. that's going to knock your socks off and open your eyes to what the world is really like. And he sits him down in front of this laptop, opens it up, and it's like this 
I, I really wish we could have seen some of this. Obviously, they couldn't have played it on Coronation Street, but it has this little screen at the beginning that says, a film by Griff Reynolds. It's, it's just like his little independent film project. So he's made it? this film. He's made a film about... Dot, it's, dot, still, dot. it's still a little unclear, but when we next see Max, he's like really, really shaken by whatever this video is. It's like when Clearly I watched... Clearly this... Well, go on. It's like when I watched Loose Change for the first time. <laughs> I was like, What? It was a conspiracy. They blew them up. And then I watched the other thing that was like, that's all, you know, that's crap, don't you? I was like, okay, okay, I feel better now. So <laughs> did w- you ever watch that? I, did, I didn't watch this. I, I, this was a, he should have been, <laughs> this was a bit of a clockwork orange moment, wasn't it? They should have... Um, Opened his eyes, yeah. special. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, put drops in them and everything. Mm. But w- whatever it was he watched, which is obviously some kind of, uh, you know, indoctrination conspiracy video conspiracy video about... about how awful Muslims are, basically. Yeah. Max is just like, oh, that's unreal. I've never seen anything. I've never seen a video like that. Yeah. So yeah. I can only, but I can, you know, I think we've all got a fairly good idea about the sort of rhetoric that would be employed in it. Yeah. And and you know it does it works its magic on Max. I think it's it? a good because... idea to keep it ambiguous because I think the sad isn't it isn't it a sad indictment though that we can all guess what it said. Mm, I don't yeah. think there are many people going. Well, I can't even begin to imagine what that was about. I think I wonder how many people are thinking. Well, how realistic is it that Max is kind of basically converted by this presumably fairly short video? I. I I, I'm loving this story so much at the moment that I, I want this to stretch and my fear is that it's going, a, bit going fast. a little bit fast but in the other hand I'm thinking oh this is great the faster it's going the the you know the the more exciting it's getting quickly so I'm I, I haven't decided myself yet whether yeah it's really whether I want it to go makes you wonder like a bit for realism's sake how much how much was in that video how how you know are there things in there that are like stage one? Mm. Is there another video? Is there another one after that? Yeah, is it like the different levels of Scientology? So is it a sort of video that it makes sense that Max watched it and then he wasn't immediately... I think there are videos that Griff could have showed Max that Max would have gone, you're a psychopath, I'm leaving. Yeah, that's very true, actually. If you if he, if you go in, you know, with a full-on... This is what they've been doing the whole time. They've been going drip, drip, drip. drip well, he, drip, he drip. had the book last week, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. And then, and that's going to, you know, some of that's going to leave things to his imagination. I just can't believe the And book. now he's seen the video and it's yeah. building on that. So I, I'm I'm wondering, are they going to, yeah, you're right, go make it you know, more and more hardcore as the week goes on. The thing is, this is a method See what that's he's comfortable used, with. like you just said, Scientology, where, you know, there are many different things that you can make people think. It's not just racism. There are lots of, you know, mm. lots of different ways to radicalise people. Yeah, yeah. With They've propaganda got these techniques that, of that different. work. And it's, and it's been honed, sadly, over the years to a fine art, really. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You can make somebody believe anything, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And Max is in a very vulnerable position. Like, he's... Uh, yeah, obviously, this was all set up because to make this story feel more realistic. But in, in recent weeks, like when he was wrongfully arrested and he was accused of being the troll and everything, thinking that nobody uh, believes him. him from yeah, exactly. So mm, it, all, it, all, it all works. 
Um, anyway, so Griff, he, he, Max needs to go to school now. He's like, oh, I need, I need to get out of here. I need to go to back well, to, to the crew. Oh, but you know, it's very telling. Griff's not going around talking to really well-adjusted, happy people living their best lives with a happy family. Yeah, well, they they, no they know problems. the type of people that they should be Vulnerable preying on. Vulnerable people who mm. are having issues. Yeah, yeah. This is like all the incel stuff online too. It's mm. always people that are unhappy in some way. Yeah. And so they, anyway, they need somebody to blame it on. Max goes back to the Prue, Griff tells him, just keep an eye out, you know what I mean. So, back at Speed Dull, um, Max is there later, and he... Oh, he's he's being a dick, he, sorry. He is a little bit, isn't he? <laughs> he's like, yeah. right, I've, read, I've seen the video now. Yeah, he's being a bit off with him. Mm. Alia clocks this, and then confronts Max in the kitchen about what's going on, and he's like, well, it's it's because of, it's because of everything that's been going on, and, 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 and you, because of me. you, Lauren's now not talking to me. Uh, I'm also mad at you for, for being on Darren's side and backing him Darian, up. Yeah. And Alia says, well, yeah, I am backing Alia uh, Darian up for over what happened the other day because it was the truth, not because we're both Muslims. I saw him and he was just being nice to Lauren. And Max's like, oh, yeah, nobody's allowed to speak the truth anymore. So he's now, he's repeating back. And this is a real telltale sign that somebody is being involved. Mm. He's these things that, like, you wouldn't normally say that. So... Yeah, he's like, yeah, maybe Lauren was right. And he kind of walks off, um, leaving Alia feeling very confused indeed. So they, um, oh, we didn't watch this because we, we were wound back during the break time. And by the time we caught back up again, um, it was midway through the they scene. So I hope we, didn't, hope we didn't miss anything important, but they do end up outside. Was that the first scene after the break? If it's not, somebody tell us. Um, and, and, and Max doesn't want to talk to them anymore. He says to Alia and Darian, just leave me alone, get away from me. And Darren says, well, I'm going to make this really easy for you. He stalks off Stop in one Stop calling direction. him Darren. Darian. I said Darian, sorry. Uh, Alia is left alone. Like, oh, I've lost, <laughs> lost two waiters now. What am I going to do? Good job I employed too, but, you know, it's careless to lose both of them on the same day. So, um, Alia comes and finds Shona in the cafe later. Very handily, David is there because, you know, he had, to, he had to also learn this information. And she tells them about what's been going on, how Max has been saying some somewhat racist things about how our lot stick together. And, and David's like, well, I hope that Max didn't mean it that way, but I, I will have a word with him at home. And already, I mean, he had Peter last week telling him that Max is being involved in some shady types. And now... Sinister now, lyrics. There was so many sinister lyrics, sinister lyrics in that gig. And, and now Alia's saying this. And David's still... He's been a little bit like... Dense. Yeah, he's it's kind of denial. hoping he is. He's in denial. That's it. He's Why would you think hoping... that your kid suddenly out of nowhere over to, like the course of two weeks would suddenly turn into a, a raging racist? But he has been a bit of a wronger in the past, hasn't he, um, Max? And and David's maybe he is sticking his head it's... in the sand a little bit about it. But David's David's been having trouble with with um with Max in general over whether to be on his side or not. And is this a clever way Coronation Street has set this up whereby David's going to take Max's side because he's going to think to himself, oh, I didn't back him up over the whole troll thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. He doesn't want another reason for Max to hate him. And yeah. He, yeah, and, and yeah, that's that's a good point. So anyway, um, uh, well, I'm lost where we are. And well, I'm he's going. like, no, oh, yeah, I don't he goes home, so. doesn't he? He says, I'm going to go and talk to him. So he goes and finds Max at home and and confronts him and Max is immediately defensive about what's happened. Max says, well, you know, Darian, 
uh, Darian, Alia, they're just banding together because of what they are. So David hears these these parroted phrases coming out of Max's lips, and uh, and and this is when Darian, sorry, Max tells him that Darian tried it on with Lauren, and David's like, oh, I, I don't believe this. He's a bit skeptical, and Max is like, well, oh, typical. God, typical you. You don't believe me as usual. He sods off, leaving David alone, and and David then takes it upon himself to go to speed dial to apologise on Max's behalf. I, I, I want there to be more between David and Max in this story. Max is letting him get away with things too easily, I think. David's letting Max get away with things too easily. Yes, yes, sorry. He's letting him walk all over him a little bit. Max has got David around his little Well, finger. I think this is plausible, though. I think it, Given I think it is. Given everything that's but... just happened between these two. Yeah, I just think that David... He he's been weakened as a character a little bit at the moment. I think he needs to take action and not just stand there with with Shona. As much as I'm loving the scenes where he and Shona are there making fun of Lauren coming round together, he he needs to be a bit more of a responsible David, dad here. Is David ever going to talk to Maria about this as well? Because Maria's the one that brought Darren into the sh- into the street. Yeah, yeah, that's a good is point. He gonna be she's, like, uh, she's not minute actually. This- and also, is David going to end up like, look, my son had no problems with any of this stuff until Darren come along? Mm, yeah. Is David going to turn into a racist? Probably well, the not. fact that the fact that da- you know the fact that Max went to David, or you know, you know, they stick together because of what they are, and David didn't go. No, hang on a minute. Mm. Yeah. David kind of went. Makes sense to me. <laughs> not quite that much, but he yeah he he, <laughs> he should have probably. He didn't challenge it. I don't remember. I don't. I don't. I can't. Maybe he did, but he. I mean, Max was able to walk past him and go out the door. Well, he didn't, and if, da- yeah. if David had been, you know. I'm not going to, you know, far be it from me to criticise people's parenting techniques, not being a parent myself. But um, I think if I, uh, I think I would have said, David, you're, you're his dad. You're the boss. You need to make sure he knows that that is not acceptable thing to say. Anyway, anyway, maybe that's to come next week. So, um, yeah, he goes and says sorry on Max's behalf to Alia and and Alia's just reiterating how dodgy Lauren is. Then we cut to Max in uh, in Griff's flat again. Spider's there. Right, he's here for the end of the week, looking more and more uncomfortable as the scenes go on. Oh, I thought I'd get myself into this mess. Just just get me down in a tunnel or up a tree or something where I'm happy. What would Auntie M say if she could see me now? Oh, my gosh, yeah. (laughs) She'd be, uh, yeah, I'd I'd love it. She'd go, Spider! Jesus was a man of colour. I can't believe you're being racist. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Emily Bishop believes in what in a in anyone but white Jesus. <laughs> think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. So anyway, Griff um, recruits Max to help him to do some social media promotion things. So I was saying last week that he's going to get yeah. Max involved. In but some I have to say, video making. Griff's obviously got the skills for audio visual because he made this very persuasive video. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. but he doesn't know how to put it on social media. I think that was the thing, isn't it? It's social more about the social stuff. media side. I just but can you I'm just imagine Max though? is going to make a little trailer he's going to open up his iMovie and says do you want to make a movie or do you want to make a trailer he's like oh trailer please Griff's speech <laughs> at the community centre I want to know what Griff's talking about because you as far as the this. wider world is concerned he is just really uh, into a, a environmentalism bloke. isn't he is he going to be talking about saving the planet is he or... going to out himself as a racist or what well, yeah. or is this no but is this a racist it's going to be a racist speech or is this going to be a environmental speech I'm I, I, I'm really interested to know because 
Obviously, if he's been able to book a gig at the community centre, and I know Yasmin's not in charge there anymore, maybe it's another massive racist who's taken over it. But he's <laughs> he's clearly saying this is a speech about such and such. This is what I, remember is it, what uh, I said it, last week. Remember what I was saying? Well, no, not last week, but um, when we had the gig storyline, and it and it's all about how um, there's a lot of stuff to do with your homeland and purity and mm. environmentalism and, and fascism. And it kind of, there is a, a link there, especially if you think about what the Nazis were like and how, think about all those propaganda posters of like wholesome Aryan youth standing with their cheeks pink in the wind with eagles soaring past with beautiful, you know, um, mountain vistas behind them. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that in Nazi imagery. Yeah, yeah, there is. And what's it, Lebensraum, Le- like living living space. Yeah, for them to like expand. I taught my children that word last week oh, in, a, in my history lesson. Yeah. But but not but for for good reasons. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. It's part of context. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I mean, yeah, is Griff going to be saying, "Well, just going to talk about supporting your community and all the community sticking together," but the subtle. Um, you know, There's the going to be some subtext, there is, isn't The there? community is us white people. Is any uh, is are any people of colour going to turn up to this speech thinking, oh, yeah, good, I want to yeah. save the planet? And is it? What's his reaction to that going to be? I don't I'm, know. I'm really fascinated. Are we going to see this? this? Are we going to see this? And are any of the other? Well, she, yeah, I'm sure we will. If if he said it's at the community centre, I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll get to see it because they got the set there. If if they just said it, you know, somewhere in town, I think maybe not. I think there's going to be it's not Chariot Square, to be honest. Is there going to end up being a bit like a a kind of weird similarity between like the Richard Hillman thing where? Audrey knew what he was up to. Is Ali going to know Griff's a racist? And he's going to go up and do all these speeches and it, everyone's going to be like, no, 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 I think you're getting the wrong idea, Ali. I don't think it's racist. Yeah, I think maybe. It's just, you know, because there's a lot of things that you can say that, oh, no, I didn't mean it like that, you know? Yeah. Oh, you're just being, you're just being paranoid. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, like, really interested. Uh, uh, yeah, which, which other characters on the street might be going along to this speech? Who, who's the Paul. sort of... <laughs> Who's the sort of person that goes along to speeches at the community? Well, There's like Ken about... going to go along and, and then he'll, because of Peter, he's also mega suspicious of Griff, isn't he? And Ken's going to be like, oh, you know what, Peter, you're right. Well, I can imagine Paul, you know, he's he's kind of feeling alienated from his little family. He, um, he's, his boss is black. So maybe if he feels um, like he's being picked on, he might get annoyed there. Maybe. He's not very bright. His <laughs> mum's into woo-woo stuff. I can imagine they're quite environmentalist. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Okay. I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't I think that wait. the story's ever, is ever going to go into recruiting other characters because I don't think they want to do that. But, no, um, this is Max's story. I do wonder if they had like a list of people. Like, we want to do a Ray Simpson storyline. We want to have somebody who's going to be um, radicalised into it. And I, I wonder how many people were on that list and whether Paul was ever mm. was ever on that. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder. I Who don't knows? Know. Who knows? Anyway, um, so um, yeah, they, they, he's going to do this. He's going to do this promotion for the gig. I guess we'll see that on Monday. Um, I don't know when the I don't know when the speech is supposed to be, but I think he said it was next week, so it's going to be moving pretty, pretty quickly. And and that was kind of it from Max. Um, but he we we also hear Griff telling Spider. Um, we need to teach Arlie and that lot a lesson for mm-hmm. for what they've been doing. So. Um, 
at the end of the episode, and I, I haven't written this in the notes either, so it's a good job I'm remembering, we see a shady figure scuttling up to the door of Speed Dial. I was thinking, they're going to they're gonna set it on fire again, because it was only a year ago that that happened last time. But um, no, some, some dodgy hoodie comes up to Speed Dial, chucks a pot of red paint over the front door, scurries off into Villain's Alley. Who could it be? A spider. It's Spider. No. Well, no, he's, he's done a crime. He's done a crime, I know. You're allowed to do crimes undercover p- cop, copy, cop, cop stuff? Yeah, they got they it's got fine. diplomatic immunity. He's they? got a special badge, and if anyone came up to him, he'd be like, I'm doing it for the police. Licence to crime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's Spider. He's, he's just doing it for Griff. He detects Griff afterwards saying, oh, I've done it, I've done it. And um, also we had, and this is kind of just about related because Yasmin's in it. There was a scene, there was, there was a kind of a story going along where Stu and Didi are going off to London today for his hearing to, to get him off the... Um, it's basically the, I'm not actually a murderer, can you make sure everybody knows that I'm not a murderer and can I have Eliza staying with me trial, isn't it? And um, so he's, Stu, he's been exonerated. That's the phrase, yes. And he's told, yeah, I'm not a murderer anymore, so that means Eliza's going to be able to come and live with me. However, um, unlike many of the other houses on the other side of the street, there doesn't appear to be an infinite number of bedrooms here at number six, so I'm going to have to move out. Or, and he doesn't say this, but I'm guessing this might be what happens, he just ends up moving into Yasmin's bedroom, thus freeing up a room for Eliza to stay in. Oh, that would be more convenient. For that would be, wouldn't it? it? Yes, I mean, I'm thinking it's possibly going to go there. I just love the way that Dee Dee, Sue keeps going, oh, I, I've got this grandchild to look after. If only, if only I had the means to do it. And Dee Dee's like, um, can we talk about your compensation? He's like, no, no, I, I'm too busy worrying about how I'm going to pay for my granddaughter. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you dumb Join idiot. You... He keeps saying, no, I don't want to talk about compensation. Like, he's being so noble. Man, you have bills to pay. Dee Dee's got to be paid. You've been taking advantage of um, Yasmin for a long time. I know that you, I know that you are earning a wage and everything. Have you been paying her rent? Don't think so. Mm. Didn't didn't um, Alia take out... Wasn't she struggling to scrape up the money at one point? To, Probably. Like, you, you shut up, man. Take that money Get and spend it on your grandkid and your girlfriend. Mm. So, I mean... Get yourself a new guitar. I'm thinking, even though... Because that wasn't really related to the Mac story at all, was it? So I'm guessing that storyline's coming back. Which we thought it would, um, because it's it's not over yet, is it? And and at the moment, Bridget and Lucy are in prison, but... Bridget's going to get It's so anticlimactic to me. It's like, yeah, it was all just what we said it was. No, it's not. There's there's, got to be more to it. So I guess we'll find out that next week. But anyway, older Mac stuff. I just just want this story to be in it every day. I think this is this is the the, the freshest, most exciting Coronation Street has felt. I find it very many a month. It really, really is. I, I'm loving it. I really am. And like I said before, the fact that Spider's in it, brilliant. I love it. Need a little bit of Toya, maybe. I was wondering whether you know Spider doing this at the end of the episode. Is this going to lead to the secret of him being a policeman coming out? Like, is he going to get caught? Is it going to be on CCTV? Um, I, I don't know. Because, it, I, I mean, Toya, they live on the flat opposite. I know, so, I want to know how much Toya's going to find out about this. Yeah, she, she, Toya's hopefully going to see... I, I don't know, I'm, I'm the geography I can't remember. Is Can you see the speed dial front door from Toya and Spider... I know Toya doesn't Toya live Spider there anymore, does she? What are you talking about? No, she lives in Victoria she lives in Court. Victoria Court. Yeah, Where does yeah, yeah. Spider live, though? Where does Spider live? Well, near he lives. Uh, he lives with Griff, I guess. 
I think so. Well, I think they all live there together. No, you're right. It's okay. Scratch that story there. But you know, I I do wonder whether because at some point Toya has got to find out that Spider's an undercover cop. Yeah, I'm but, not comfortable. Okay. Like, is I'm she like, gonna find out that he's a he's a racist and then find out he's an undercover cop? Because it feels like that's the more logical way. Yeah, and then he's she's gonna, gonna have go, to say, I'm not oh, really. Oh, I can't a believe you're a racist. Toya. And there'll be an episode where she's like, Oh, I'm really sad. And then there'll be an episode where he tells her that he's a cop. Mm. Yeah. I want it to happen soon is, though, because they, they just be need to rip off that plaster. safer for her to think he's a racist than it is for her to know he's an undercover cop. But so, he doesn't want to lose her. Yeah, but he, does he want to protect her or does he want to lose her? Mm. It's a dangerous game you're playing here, Spider, my friend. It is, it is. I, 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 yeah, I just wanted to find out soon because I hate the fact that he's lying to her. I love Spider and Toya. <laughs> I love. You were watching he, them on Classic yes, today, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I was on Classic Cory on ITV3. Spider came back for the first time in a, in a while. Oh, they're just great. I love them so much. So, um, yeah, maybe there's more of that next week. Um, I think we kind of discussed everything else as we've gone, really. But, yeah, Paddy Beaver is doing, he's doing such a great job. I, I've still... I, I'd like to see how really convincingly tough he can be. Because when he was doing his, his Tony Soprano act... When he was like, yeah, just apologise to her. He can do kind of the smiling, threatening quite well, but can he actually be, you know, proper threatening? I, I don't well, know. Well, he's just been beaten up by kids last week. Mm, was he? Oh, yeah, yeah, he was, wasn't he? I, I, yeah. So he's just a bully now because he obviously thinks he can take Darian and he's, he's like, too, it's one-on-one, so he's not scared. Mm, mm. Poor Darian. Hope he turns out this all right. Like, how how... How bad, how far is this going to go? Like This is going to get awful. Is, is either Alia or Darian or someone like that going to get, yeah, they're going to be badly hurt. Is someone going to get killed? Like, is, I don't know oh, where, is, is Darian going to come out of this alive? No. Because if they really want to shock, That's they awful. need to kill off Darian. Well, I'm, I'm okay with it at the moment. I found it more uncomfortable when we first started talking about this. Yeah. Um, I think I've made enough disclaimers about, you know, our We're not coming from a position of... uh... Before. I don't don't want to keep doing it every week, so I'm not going to. I'm just going to trust everybody understands where we're coming from with this. It's it's easy to make this into, like, a fictional fantasy scenario where no one really gets hurt in reality, but we, I know, we know that this happens mm. all too often in real life. Yeah. And we've been very lighthearted talking about it and very excited because we're enjoying the storyline, but enjoying the storyline and <laughs> thinking racism is, is good are two different things, okay? Yes, we don't think that. Right, okay. Um, I'm not going to keep saying it. No, don't, please don't. Um, Sorry. No, no, it's fine. I think it's worth saying, but yeah. We, we, we don't we need don't to say it. We're not going to say it every single ourselves. week. I, how do you think Coronation Street is doing with this racism storyline compared to others? This not, this racism storyline knocks every other attempt they've ever made completely out of the water. It does so far, doesn't it? And we're only a couple of weeks into it. I'll tell you why. It's because it. it's centred around a white character, not around a, a character of colour. Because um, I don't think it's fair to do, do it that way around. Mm. There's no nuance. It's just, oh, racism is completely bad. This character's a victim of it. Everyone agrees. It's all bad. They said, they said like, something offensive uh, that we can still broadcast before nine o'clock. End of story. Whereas this is, like, really sinister, very uncomfortable, mm. very realistic. Yeah. It, it is. You're right. It is not There's more to say about a white character turning 
turning into somebody who's radicalised to be to be racially to be a racist than yeah. there is about being the victim of racism because honestly so. it's also I mean it's depressing it's, this is going to be depressing but just seeing the Baileys just being like poor Michael and what happened to him and then Grace being you know bang, banged up in the bloody um, supermarket, supermarket. Off, and then yeah. and then Ed having somebody say that it's just it was just horrible but then it also kind of like went then he confronted them yeah, and everything was up. fine yeah and, it's and not that realistic. was a, that was it, and it only like and it was over and done with all of those Bailey racism storylines. And it made within, people like, a, a smattering of episodes. And it really made people get fed up with the characters. Mm. And it it's not, it that's didn't not feel fair. like much of a story. It was... This story is is, and I've said that we said this before all the way through about these racism storylines. They're taking a character that you don't necessarily dislike or hate, and they're turning them into somebody who's saying things that you don't want them to say, mm. and you don't want to hear somebody say, and you, nobody would ever agree with this character about what they're trying to say. Mm. And and there's you've also got sympathetic characters in here like Alia and Darian who are the victims of what um, what's going to happen. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like that way. And we're watching it build up. We're not just seeing a man come in to a, a party and say a, a horrible word to Ed Bailey that he overhears mm. in an episode. Yeah. We're seeing the whole entire backstory as to why this guy's come in and thought that that was something that he could say. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I just had another thought as well. I'm wondering whether... Um whether Daniel's going to get involved with this at all because Peter he's is... a massive racist. No, no, just because, you know, <laughs> Peter's on the sidelines of this story. Mm, he's yeah. a Barlow. Daniel's a Barlow. Daniel was Max's teacher who pushed him down the stairs. They're kind of enemies. And could could could, no. could Daniel end up coming in and being the one to rescue Max I don't know. I or think it kind might of mentor him? Too and... complicated. I, don't, I don't think that would be too complicated. It's possible. I don't, I don't know. know. I think they don't want to bring too many people into this storyline. There's a lot of people that are are more involved. No, like, yeah, for example, I really think Maria is more involved in this because they all the racists know who Maria is because of the the um, stuff she was doing for, with refugees, and also the fact that she brought Darian in. Is mm. she going to start getting involved and trying to? help Darian out a bit if he becomes... Yeah, she's been strangely absent. And, like, this red paint now that's been thrown onto Speed Dial, it's going to be very obvious, I think, that it's related in some way to the friction that's been going on between Max and... Yeah, I mean, uh, and clearly Darian. Max is going to get, um, get so the blame, get blame for And he it, didn't do he? it, so no. that's going to alienate and him And he's already more. been blamed for things that he didn't do. David's probably going to believe that Max did it as well. Yeah. And then Max is going to blame Darian because he's going to say, oh, maybe people don't like the fact that he's working here. Mm. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Because he's been in the papers. Maria's been in the papers about refugees and stuff. Has mm. Darian been in the papers about it? I don't know. Um, I thought he was. Didn't he do an article? Didn't well, he no, Max did an article with him about for a school project. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. He's interviewing him and stuff. Yeah. I wonder what Griff thinks about that. Mm. Okay, we must move on, because this is turning into a very long street talk. We've only done two stories so far, but I don't think there's going to be a whole lot to say about the rest of the uh, the other storylines, including the next one. So, Summer Baby, Gemma, over to you. On Monday, Summer's packing. She's moving out. She's oh, yes, that happened this week, didn't it? She's popping folic acid. Billy comes in. 
And he and are you really sure you want to move out? I'm going to be so lonely. Bloody Billy here. on Monday, honestly, he was the worst. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. Is it? Is it me? Is it because I'm so overbearing? And, is it because I made you and controlling? Uh, told you not to have an abortion. Tracy's also yes, it is because trying to Billy. stop Amy from going, but her mind's made up, and she's like, the, "This situation about the bathrooms is utterly ridiculous. I need to to get out of here." Todd comes over, learns that someone's moving. She goes to get her pump fitted. Heat not, pump. No, not a heat pump. <laughs> um, her diabetic one. Billy has put out that someone didn't even say goodbye. Tracy's going through Amy's boxes. She finds a load of her stuff. She's like, you're not having this. Um, it's obvious that Tracy's just really upset that Amy's flying the coop. She'd already done it a bit before, though. So, yeah, a little bit. Well, there, there were some kind of sweet scenes, weren't there? With breaking up with the family and everything. Tracy's like, goodbye. And then it's just Ken and Tracy. And, it, and Ken's like, she'll be back. I mean, you <laughs> didn't get rid of you for very long, did I? <laughs> Billy's with Todd in the pub later. Billy's saying how pushy and overbearing he's been in all this time. And I wonder if someone wants to get away from him. Then we get the teens arriving at the flat with their boxes. What a bunch of cookies they are. Imran's not even cold in his grave. Toya's barely left the building and they've moved in yeah. a bunch of parasites. Yeah, check in, finding if Toya's left anything in the flat that they can claim. Any oh, veggie, look, there's veggie a frozen lasagna veggie in lasagna the, stuck in, like, in the ice at the nah, back of we the freezer. That. Ken can have that one. Yeah. Let's give that to him. Yeah. Someone's like, yay, how amazing. Then we have a chat around the bar with um, in the very Oh, yeah, that was a nice scene. That was Tracy, Jenny, Glenda, Kevin and Tim in talk. Tim talking about Amy moving out and they and they're all about they just kind of go oh yeah when teens leave and everything and, and and Jenny's saying oh I couldn't live with a teenager and um they, this, that was when Glenda had that that joke about oh I could um, I couldn't have kids I couldn't have mother. kids yeah that's right I couldn't have kids with my first husband and somebody says oh well, you sorry have you got medical conditions and she's like oh no we just one look at him and I couldn't bring myself that was a that was a Hashtag classic Cory scene that was where nothing really much was. happened, but there was a, a funny little bit of banter Spot between of the characters. Yes. Todd brings some helpful kitchen bits and bobs round and uh, has a private word with Summer. Um, Amy takes a hint and leaves them, and Todd tells her Billy thinks she wants to leave to get away from him, and he's really upset. It's true. Well, guess what, Todd? He's a grown man, and he should manage his feelings without a teenage girl getting involved. How Tell about you what, that? I've just realised that's just come to me. Did Summer bring Summer's robot? To the new flat. <laughs> She's like... I haven't seen it. I really want to bring my robot, but I don't want people to think I'm weird. <laughs> and also, every time I say to people I built a robot, they get really excited until they find it. It's just made out of biscuit oh, no. tips. I really hope that Summer's robot is there. Where's Summer's robot? Do you think that Billy's just sitting alone on the sofa and every so often he looks at the robot and goes... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh Summer's robot. Dead. Summer's robot cannot wait for Summer's Summer... Summer's robot is not here at the moment. To create a robot army from her womb <laughs> so um tracy tim brings tracy over a drink because she's upset in the in the pub and she's like oh i'm the only woman left there apart from daisy who's also a woman but she's a squatter so it doesn't count and it feels like the end of an era she has a few nice little reminiscence bits, doesn't she? She says, oh, it used to be me and, and Deirdre and Blanche and Ken was the only guy there. And now and now it's all just now it's like, all, yeah. oh, and I remember when I killed Charlie Stubbs with a statue. <sighs> Classic era. Um, Summer goes back to the old flat for a last supper with Billy. So literally all his whinging and whining through Monday's episode worked him. and she doesn't even have a first night meal no. in her new flat because what she has to, yeah, she's a placated dad. Right, Wednesday, 
first morning in the new flat, Amy and Jacob have been <laughs> trying to make their own little baby they can sell, I think. Yeah, they've been noisily bonking in the flat. Jacob makes a fry up. Summer's like, no thank you, because she's still preggers and morning sickness. Tracy comes around with a big black bag of Amy's old teddies from the loft, because she, she also can't let go. Jacobs goes to see somewhere in the break area at work and asks her how she is because she looks really sick. And she he says, you should go home and I can do your work for you. <laughs> what do you even do around here? She's convinced and he tells her... What does Summer do at the factory? What does anyone do does at the factory? He tells her he should... he She should tell Aaron about how sick she feels. And um, he says, no, no, I don't want him to know because then he'll... She says that. I don't want him to find out because then he'll intervene and I want to sell my baby to so his dad can go to rehab. This is just an episode of Jerry Springer. She, d- she doesn't want him to feel guilty about her going yeah. through all of this just to, so they can get and this dad. 10 grand yeah. for what's his face. Back at Eric. flat, Summer thanks Aaron for supporting her and he's surprised that she's got she's come home. And Tracy comes over because she wants a girly night in and Amy's like, oh my god, I'm sorry my mum's here. Aaron comes home from work later on and Summer admits to him that she's been feeling pretty rough and he says I'll support you whatever you want no matter what which I think just involves ginger biscuits <laughs> well here's a tip I heard that um, the now princess what's her name of Wales used to eat lavender biscuits for her nausea oh, there you go. but she had a very serious medical condition so don't I'm think sure that, don't think the biscuits made that much of a in there somewhere. Friday, somehow and Aaron are meeting up with St- Esther and Stu not later. Stu, Mike, I've Mike, written, written Stu, clearly not. So they are they are like, oh god, it's a mess here. Let's let's meet them somewhere else because they're coming around the flat. But then they realise they haven't sent the text message, and the place is an absolute pigsty because Jacob and Amy have just been doing no this that i had so many flashbacks to when we lived in the student house and your mum came around yeah i know and she cried on the way home because of how <laughs> bad it was and your dad phoned you up and tried to guilt trip you it was was it even that bad i mean i think we were pretty good in you know Can I just on, the, say, on the spectrum of students what happened we was fairly... we had a rotor that was very strict about who was tidying what days and it wasn't either of our days and the person whose day it was didn't care and also, the, the house that we lived in was a, was an absolute disgusting dump. Yeah. It was, there were bits of that house that had never been cleaned before. <laughs> but really. It was a were, hovel. Yeah. Oh, mum. <laughs> oh, she was really upset. <laughs> oh, dear. She'd have liked this place. I think she'd, I think have been she'd be proud of you now, yeah. now, yeah. Okay. She, she'd have liked, she'd have approved of the Corrie room. I think so. <laughs> um, so, they're freaking out trying to tidy up but they don't manage it and um esther and Stu are like okay mike. esther and mike are like okay this is that you know they give each other looks so they bring around some meals and tupperware and try to it just reminded me of parents going to see their kids at university and they're like look let's help you let's help you and then oh no billy buzzes up they're worried yeah they're like does billy know that you're still someone's pregnant? like please don't come please don't come up i'll, I'll talk to you later and Summer has to confess to them that Billy thinks that she went ahead with the termination. And they're like, what are you going to do about it? You can't hide this forever. And then Esther says, guess what? I've come up with a plan about this. And it's not really a plan for what's going to happen when Billy finds out she hasn't had an abortion. It's actually a weird convoluted plan that may- means Mike is going to have parental rights over the child. Because they said, look, we've talked about it. We've, we've 
looked into this and the easiest way... Our friend who's a lawyer. They keep dropping that one in, I don't know. they? We've I don't got a think, friend who's a lawyer. I don't think they've got a friend who's a lawyer, Michael. I think they've got somebody who can Google things. <laughs> well, everybody in Coronation Street's got a friend who's a lawyer, hasn't they, haven't they, really? If you yeah. count Adam and Imran and Dede and all Imran's the numerous... Dead, just to remind you. They say, right, we've looked into this, and the easiest way to do this is that to put Mike on the birth certificate as the father. And Aaron's like, you what now? And then they kind of go, oh, let's think about it. All right, okay, we'll mm. do it. It's the only way. Yeah, the, uh, the only way that we can do this legally is it's to, to lie about the that father. Mike is the dad. So um, what could possibly go wrong there? Just ask um, Gary and ask Judy Mallet twenty five years ago on Coronation Street because when um, when that uh, Zoe Tattersall. Um, was was up the duff and Judy and Gary were going to buy By the baby, baby, buy her baby from her. Um, they came up with the plan that Gary would pretend to be the dad. And that was a really great story, actually. And he was, like, made to feel like, you know like dirt by all the other residents like yes. you've you've got this young, young teenage girl. girl pregnant and Judy why on earth are you still staying with him yeah. and and Gary couldn't cope with it in the end and uh, it, that, that was um, that was a really good story and I can't believe they're going to do it like that again I mean t- 25 years is quite a I while guess. and, and there's, there's, there's going to be some differences um, anyway they go Summer and Aaron are left alone and he says look we don't have to do this and she says but what about your dad I've got to and that's where we left it. Oh, she's um, such a goody goody. So, I mean, this this is brilliant for for um, Esther and Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no downsides for them here at all. But but Aaron and Summer are so gullible and trusting. Yeah. They they've got no. They don't realize how much power they've got here. And Esther and Mike are just running all over them. Mm. I really hate the idea of putting down somebody that's not the dad on a birth certificate. I have very, I don't know what it is about me, but I've got this really strong, like, hatred of putting, like, not hatred, but this really weird thing about birth certificates should have the, I don't think that's the right parent. No, but some people don't, I don't know, some people have different ideas about it, but I just think, I think it's because of medical reasons. I have a very good reason to have a very strong reason to want to know <laughs> uh, yeah like yeah, I know, it's very yeah. important for your medical history if you have something that turns out to be wrong with you to know what your parents where your parents what your parents are up to yeah you can't I just make think, it up of course, yeah no i think it actually but i think be. people are a bit fast and loose about it sometimes mm, people mm. seem to be a bit like well whatever i don't i don't care I, I'm all the time now. I'm still wondering where this is going to go. I still think that she's going to have this baby. Is Mike actually going to be on the birth certificate, or you know? And is then Aaron? I think Aaron's name is going to be you know. It's going to come can out you the change baby's it? Aaron's I guess you end. can, can't yeah, you? Because otherwise there'd can. be no point in having a paternity test. Yeah. Um, I guess that's the trump card there that that um that Aaron and Summer will always have in their back pocket. If everything goes wrong and they want the baby back, yeah. they can just say because Mike and Mike and Esther, although they are running rings around Summer and and Aaron here, they they are also setting themselves up for a fall. Because oh, yeah. because they're, as they're, soon as the DNA test gets business. done, they're just going to be um, yeah. exposed, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and also, uh, don't don't know what the legal ramifications of any of this are because of what. Who was saying they were going to report them to the police? Uh, Billy? Mm, Mike, I'm pretty sure Paul? he said 
Somebody said they were going to report them to the police for trying to buy a baby. And I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I've watched Coronation Street for too long. This is a crime? What do you mean? <laughs> you can't just buy a baby? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. Because I know that even with surrogacy, you can't actually really give somebody money for having a child. No, no, no. You have to give them money for like... Yeah, it's the expenses, isn't it? Yeah. Which, which is kind of the language that Esther and Mike have been using, isn't it? Like any, anything you need, your expenses wise, but they're, they're you know, there were not £10,000 worth of expenses. So, so <laughs> is this like, is, yeah, is this like a warning? Is this like another warning sign to us? Like Mike and Esther look really, you know, sweet and stuff, but don't trust them because there's no reason for Mike to be put on the burst. I think that right from the very first moment that we saw Esther I'm and giving Mike, them so much more we're not um, supposed to trust slack them. than everyone else. They are very, very clearly untrustworthy. I'm like, I'm like, I could buy a baby then. I didn't know what's wrong with buying a baby. <laughs> no. They're ten a penny, aren't they? Anyway, I, I don't feel that very much happened in this story this week, to be honest. I enjoyed all the new flat stuff. I think it's quite cool having them Having them together, they um, Elle Mulvaney put on a funny TikTok video this week, didn't she, with like the friends, with the Friends parody. theme tune and everything. I'm still like in the back of my head going, no, that's that's Torin Imran's flat. Torin um, Imran never had a funny little TikTok about them moving in with a cool like. They didn't, did they? They could have had the Seinfeld mm. theme tune. Um, I yeah, I I just I I just don't find Aaron in the slightest bit engaging. But it's cool to have them, you know, moved out together. I could just. Take it or leave it with him. He's just a bit of a drip. Massive drip. Anyway, to murderer he wrote I just thought the Sam when, story. When Esther oh, and Mike no. came into the to the house and they just saw what a tip everything was. And also there the was drip a drip in the tip, there's a storyline title for you. When when they were talking when they were saying, Oh, we should be on the birth certificate instead of instead of Aaron, we should put Mike and they're like, Okay then. If I was if I was Esther and Mike, I'd be like these jeans are bad. These are bad jeans. They're slovenly. They're stupid. What yeah, else we're is gonna have a really them? gullible They're child. greedy. <laughs> All the sins are in here. There's yeah. lust. <laughs> <laughs> right, murderer. He wrote. Speaking of deadly sins, um, so this was kind of interesting this week. We got a little bit of a callback to to Nick's um, what well, to, to Brian's murderer, didn't we as well? Oh, I love a callback to a murder. Oh, no, not not Brian Packen. Don't worry, you haven't missed anything. The, the, the OG. <laughs> Corey but Brian. you might be forgiven for thinking Brian might have been <laughs> murdered. Quite. Right. So on Monday, Nick is still telling Sam, "No, you really can't write to Harvey anymore." And Sam's like, "No, I'm not. I'm not taking no for an answer, Dad. I'm going to carry on." Besides, didn't you want to know about the person who stabbed your dad? So this is the callback. So Nick's dad, Brian, was stabbed in the late '80s, and then ten years or so later, um, he turns up. To Nick's school, like doing the a murderer, talk. The murderer, the murderer does, yeah. <laughs> not the dad, Brian. Doesn't I wasn't dead it. after all. No. Um, saying, oh yeah, Darren, Darren Waitley, he was called. And he, he turns up at the school saying, oh, I'm, I've been in prison. You probably shouldn't do naughty things, college teenagers, because you don't want to end up like me. Nick wants, does want to get revenge on him. He convinces Leanne, who, is he married to her at that point? I'm going to say yes. Um, to write to him and kind of act all like she's interested in seeing him. Things go a bit awry when Darren is released from prison. He held, he holds Leanne hostage in a conservatory or something. And, and Nick basically ends the story thinking, um, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. And Darren ends up going back to prison again. So yes, basically Sam. 
Um, Nick knows exactly how you're feeling because he did it exactly the same thing himself. So he no but he also knows that he doesn't want Harvey coming terrorising people in any conservatories. So it's um, not a great idea to do this. Anyway, um, Nick's kind of caught off guard by this because he he is unaware that Sam's been watching Classic Coronation Street on ITV. <laughs> Although, has that happened yet? Yeah, I that don't happened a few know. years ago. I've lost track. Anyway, Leanne says, look, you know, maybe we should think about letting Sam talk to Harvey. And Nick's like, no, he wouldn't cope. Come and face to face with his mum's killer. What are you on about? Um, so Roy then comes along. And as the voice of reason, Roy, who can say no wrong, um, he kind of gets thinking when Sam explains to him what's going on with Harvey and everything, Roy's like... Maybe, maybe this isn't such a bad idea because Sam, Sam want, has, has been reading up into this restorative justice thing, which um, is not the first um, time that the, the Platts right. have uh, been, involved, in been that. involved with this because obviously Gail and Michael Rodwell got together through this very programme. Weirdly, this hasn't been brought up at all this week. I don't know how this, the, a family goes through something as out there and, you know you know, non-run-of-the-mill as restorative justice, how they go through it twice without mentioning it, but there you go. Because Gail's, then they never shut up talking Gail's about not what happened. not it this week, and Corrie's probably been the better for it. So just quickly to remind everyone, this is what, uh, during the last time we had a horrible recession and everyone was out of a job, we had Michael Rodwell, he was down on his luck, he'd been divorced from his family, lost all his money in his house, and he burgled, burgled Gail. Burglarised. And then, um... She had, she confronted him at the restorative justice thing and then they fell in love and he became an ice cream man. Yes. So maybe Harvey could, you know, get into muffins or something. <laughs> anyway, Roy Roy goes round to Nick's later and says, well, this is what Sam's asked me. I, I said I, I couldn't go with him as a, as a responsible adult, but it, well, at least not with your without, without your, you. your, your permission anyway. But um, yeah, so Sam does have some good reasons for going and he uses this chess metaphor or something saying oh it's a gambit blah, blah, blah. I thought you were going to say use a flow chart or something like I'm going to probably do did that very as well. short powerpoint presentation <laughs> Nick just sit down for a minute please so um Nick admits to the Anne look my biggest worry is that Harvey if, if Sam goes up to him and tries to do this that he's going to totally revel in it make Sam feel worse mm. and Leanne's like well you know maybe that's what Sam needs and that's going to put him off if he sees Harvey's just a, you know an asshole. yeah basically then he'll We'll back off a little bit. Um, oh, what's, um, what's all this? I've just got a bit of note for the Fizz storyline. Um, oh, yeah. Doesn't really been, matter. That would have been good to have brought up, but never mind. Never mind. It's just Fizz meeting the author at the hotel. Yes, that happened. Saying. I found quite a few times this week, and I, I thought I'd corrected most of them of um, putting me put my notes in the wrong story. Never mind. Never mind. Fizz is just saying to, <laughs> to the author, please don't release the book, and the author's like, um doesn't work like I'm that. I'm going to do sorry. it anyway. Anyway, did miss that. I apologise for earlier. Later on, Sam's telling Nick about 85% of people who take part in restorative justice programmes rate the experience as positive. Um, and Nick's like, really? That, that doesn't seem so bad, maybe. Um, so he, he's been on the phone uh, later on to the, to the restorative justice charity. They've not had as anyone as young as Sam involved in it before, but they've agreed to have a lovely meeting about it on Wednesday, um, and so they do. Um, it's it's it's, an, it's not not it's a bit of a way into the episode because it's an after school thing. Um, Sam's looking over his questions and everything. Meeting starts. Nick tells the lady that um, we're really a little bit concerned about what effects that 
Sam meeting Harvey could have on him. And she's like, oh, no, well, it could be good for him. He seems very mature. He seems ready for this. He knows what he's on about. I'm willing to take it forward. And she's after like, she's... it really depends on the scriptwriter. Yeah, and after it's gone, Nick and Leanne are like, oh, bloody hell, we didn't expect her to say yes. Um, Nick's still really hoping that Sam's going to change his mind and says, you, you can back out of this whenever you want. And Sam's like, no, no, I'm not going to. I'm actually into it now. Yeah. And um, so... <laughs> um Nick, kind of towards the end of the episode, says, well, look, I'm just going to have to go and speak to Harvey myself and ask him to refuse to see Sam because these meetings can only take place if both sides, if both parties agree to it. And the last thing we saw of Harvey, he He's was like, like saying, no. I don't want anything to do with him, actually. Can you stop? tell him to stop writing letters to me? Um so we we don't get to see any of that. The story kind of fizzles out, and and well, Sam gets involved with Hope on on Wednesday, on Friday's episode, doesn't he? But yeah, nothing more with this story. Um, I guess. Well, we yeah, may Nick find says I'll go talk to week. Harvey and get him to say no, and Leanne's like, oh, well, I'd be surprised if he said yes. So I think he'll say no anyway. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Why would you agree to see a small child whose mother you murdered? It just maybe it is just. It what do they get? Out well, no, it? Harvey may well think. If I am foul to him, maybe that will stop him writing to me because well, he doesn't want to be bombarded do with think, his letters anymore. Do you think they get incentives, the prisoners? Like you get, you know, less time on your thing if you mm. sort of show that you're you're sorry. Oh, you probably do actually. I can't remember. I mean, maybe that's why Michael was out of out of the clinker um, fairly soon after seeing Gail. That would make a lot of sense. Then maybe, well, I don't know, I don't know, I guess we'll I mean, have to wait and see. I can imagine it, I can imagine it, um, knocking some sense into people. Yeah. But I can't imagine somebody agreeing to do it, mm. if you're a criminal. If you're a nasty piece of work, and like, well, Harvey definitely is. He's but naughty, you, so he? you could, you could have, um, ulterior motives for it. Um, I, I, I found it interesting how... I did like how the, the women agreed to let Sam do it because he is very mature. Jude's doing a great job with this story. Um, how could you say no to somebody so you know well-read and intelligent and completely understanding the situation he's, as he's, Sam? It's a, it's, um... Well, I say he understands the situation, but he is also mega naive, isn't exactly. he? Because he's convinced that there is a reason behind what Harvey did. The fact of the matter is, Harvey didn't even mean to shoot his mum. This is a dangerous thing about a kid like like him because you people kind of assume that they're more intelligent and worldly than they actually are. I mean, there's different sorts of intelligences, aren't there? He can oh, play yeah. very well at chess, but he's got no idea about life. He, he and I is think not people, um, blessed with the socially. Life experience. I think yeah. people assume things of children who are precocious sometimes, mm. and I don't think that... It's very fair on them. Well, you know, maybe being a character in Coronation Street is going to be good because if that's that's the place to get life experiences, isn't it? He's packed a lot in already, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, finally, Fernie Bernie double crossed on Wednesday. Bernie's having no joy tracking down Fern, and then she gets a court summons for her plea hearing about the burglary. What she didn't not do. Gemma tells her that she needs to just fess up that she did it. And Bernie I can't says, believe that Gemma is still doesn't believe her mum. I know, but don't forget, Bernie's had a very colourful past. She has, but she's uh, she's being be very honest, insistent that this right, woman is real. It is very weird that Gemma 
doesn't stop to think about why did my mum steal things? Because because it, it kind of being treated as a joke by everybody in in the story, like oh yeah, she's such a tea leaf. She's always robbing jewelry shops. This is a very serious crime. I know. And, and Bernie, like you know, Fern stole. That would have been she cleared out that whole shop. Hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of things. I can't believe she's on bail. I know. Right? I know. And the other thing is, no, she's um, not on bail. Oh no, sorry, yeah, Bernie's on bail, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Fern, Fern's, who knows where. Bernie's on, yeah. I can't believe also Gemma does not have any guilt about this because really, Bernie's living with this family of children that Gemma's decided she's too good to, to earn money for by pimping them out and doing mm. advertising. So her mum's turned to crime and Gemma's like, oh, mum's so, mum's so funny, she steals things from shops and she yeah. won't admit it. Wouldn't you be just torn with guilt and going, Mum, I know it's really bad, but I'm, we can cope. We don't need you to steal jewellery. Well, I think she'd also be probably quite concerned that Bernie was going to get, you know, the book thrown at her. Yeah. Um, and then who's going to... I mean, who's going to look, who's gonna look the... after the kids? Because, yeah, Bernie's we probably on babysitting all... duty quite a lot. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, it's, it's it's very odd. I guess it's just a way of saying, just, oh, Gemma versus really... Paul. But... I think this is just like, d- just realise everyone, this isn't really a serious storyline. It's, it's not, but I'm, I'm, I'm very much enjoying it. <laughs> so, Bernie's like, I didn't do it. And Paul and Paul doesn't believe her. No, Paul does believe her. Paul believes her. Yeah. You, that's not what you wrote. That's not what I've written, but I watched the episode, so I know. I didn't watch it. I thought you'd take notes. <laughs> you no, I did, did watch too. it. Um, Dev offers to book Bernie into a fancy spa so she can de-stress. And it's worrying to me how similar that word is to distress. <laughs> so she likes the idea, and but she's got a cunning plan. So she goes to the golf club that she knows that Fern frequents and she's all dolled up. She's pretending to be Fern again. This could not go wrong at all <laughs> she talks to the lady at reception she's like oh i've moved house recently and i just want to make sure you got the right address can you just tell me what is written down and she's like no you tell me what it should be and i'll tell you if that's what it says and she says no you let me look and it doesn't work well the woman asked her whether she's got, got any, any id, ID to prove like, who you are she's no. like Ooh, oh i did I go on a speed awareness a course look. <laughs> that's got to come up, isn't that? That's going to be what catches her out in the end. Later on, Bernie sneaks onto the computer when the receptionist goes somewhere and then a, a man comes oh, over and she's, he says, what are you doing? Who are you? And she says, look, I'm Fern Linden. I'm just looking up something. Don't worry about it. And he says, you're not you're not Fern. I'd recognise you if you were because Fern's my ex-wife. Oh, that was a great twist. I loved it when that happened. It's obviously, yet again, massively coincidental, but um, I, I I, had no idea where this storyline was going or that, that he was going to show up in it. So, yes, I So, she that. says, look, I want to know where Fern is because she was telling me <laughs> that she's got a yeast infection that I get or something and I need to talk to her about it because she's got a cure or something or something and I was like this sounds like a load of crap to me and she says yeah okay it is it is actually um I'll tell you what really happened and he believes her he says yeah I believe that because Fern's a liar a cheat and a con artist and she dumped me three weeks ago she took my car she took my savings she took my mother's bank account and she's left and Bernie says please help me 
And he says, I won't give you her address for some reason. I can't remember what's going so, on here. So he told me that he said he wouldn't give her Fern's address. So Fern, Bernie goes to the pub later. She tells the twins what happened. Gemma doesn't believe her, but then Howard walks in. And he says, I've had a change of heart. I'll come to the police station and I'll tell them everything. So on Friday, um, he comes round to number seven to see Bernie. I guess they haven't been to the police station yet. No. And he says, um, oh, oh, I don't have any pictures of Fern because she took them all with her. What? Then it, yeah, this then... is three weeks that they've... He's, she's left him three weeks ago and he's literally been left with nothing but a uh, an account at the golf course. Yeah. I Then, then she goes into the kitchen because he wants a biscuit, doesn't he? And he looks like... He looks pretty thrilled. I don't know whether you're supposed I d- I to I think... I don't know whether he's dodgy or whether he he's dodgy? in on it. Is he dodgy or is he just a simple-minded man who likes Does he just the fact that Bernie looks like his wife and he also, she also has biscuits? I don't know. I, as much as I'm enjoying this story, I can't say that I've been... This has kind of been my down story because there's been so much going on with, with Max and... Uh, this is too complicated for a for a throwaway storyline for me. <laughs> it is a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, please forgive us if we get some details wrong or, or, or miss out something quite important with this one. Well, they go to the pub for a drink and Shona's like, oh, who's this? And, and she says to Bernie that I think he fancies you. And so they're still in the pub later on and Howard's trying to find out what music she's interested in. And she says, look, <laughs> your friend Bernie accuses of trying to get into her knockers. <laughs> well, he probably wants to go there as well. She says, look, why are you asking me about what music I, I'm interested in? We're trying to track down your ex-wife and he and you, it seems like you just fancy me. He's like, no, um, I don't want to get into your knickers, but what colour do you usually go for? And he's like giving her this cheeky grin and she tells him to sling his hook. He comes back later with his tail between his legs and says, look, I went to the police station. I told them Bernie's been telling you that you've been telling the truth about the robbery, but they say they can't do anything about it. But I've got a plan and this is my plan. I'm going to say that I won the lottery and then she, because she's always checking on my social media, she'll come sniffing around to try and get her hands on half the cash because she's still married to me. So legally, half of that would be hers. What do you think? Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a, sounds like part of work. Sounds like part of the con to me. Do you reckon? Well, this guy is so dodgy. He is a little bit, but I don't know. Why doesn't I just... he have any photos? Why? Right. Number one. How did he? What? How did he end up speaking to Bernie in the first place? Mm. That's suspicious. Uh, but it is a soap coincidence, so maybe we'll let that Yeah, we've slide. been conditioned to just um, let them, uh, you know, wash over us when things like this happen. Why didn't he go to the police station on Wednesday when he said he was going to? Why did it take him till Friday? Did he even go to the police station? Who knows? Because we never saw him go there. And he comes mm. back and says, oh no, they won't let us do it. Why doesn't he have any photos of Fern? That doesn't make any sense. If he's still got his mobile phone, then he's going to have a photo of her somewhere on there, surely. And it, also, he's got a social media account. He admitted to that. And she she monitors it. So what does she do? Go on there and delete all of her photos? Makes no sense. Definitely feeling like um, Howard is, um, is in on it. He's up to something. He's saying to her, I'm going to pretend I've won the lottery. I'm thinking next week that lottery win is going to involve her having to give him some money or do something for him that makes it look like he's won the lottery on social media, but actually just another way to rinse this lot of idiots for some more cash. Tell you what, if you want someone to make it look like he's got won the lottery on social media, Max is the guy to go to. He can that. make a really good PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I don't know. It's it's ridiculously silly, but this is you know I've said all all the way the storyline's been going. I'm 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 loving it. I hope we get to see um, Fern again soon because I kind of miss her and I, I I'm I'm really curious her. about what's going on with it. But um, yeah, so silly. I, I don't. Trust, I like Howard. Don't trust him. Don't but trust I like him. his inclusion. Bernie, this is like this is really making me like Bernie a lot. Um, what a silly story. What a silly sausage! Yeah, yeah, I'm loving it. I think I think I've had a good week. Mm. I like the I like the John stuff. I I wish that we got more salacious details from the book. I would love to have gone to a book reading. Um, where they read out the uh, you know, what, you yourself author. rather. No, the author, as a, as viewers. I know that well, we they did. had a Q and A. Was was he reading stuff out? Yeah, I reckon. What? He had copies of the books there. Was he reading stuff out remember. that we heard? I don't remember. John Possibly. took a deep breath and walked into the classroom. Maybe a line or two. He knew that Rosie was locked in his attic, but the children had no idea. <laughs> they had this book reading at the uh, the bistro a few weeks yes. ago, didn't they? That that fairy tale one. Yes. Why well, couldn't they have read some of the book I want to hear about? Exactly. Okay, so um, what is like that. Listen, okay. I like the Max. I'm really intrigued in that. Even the summer stuff was tolerable this week. It was not intolerable. You're right. I will. I will. I will admit to that because it wasn't, you know, thrown in our faces. The main story and going, you will watch and enjoy this. It was Look just like that. general moving in. She's fallen jollities. over again. Yeah. Um, I give this four Whoa. diabetic biscuits. Diabetic biscuits out of five. Nice. Um, I don't know whether it was a four. You know, I really did enjoy no, I, it, but I, I, I think I'm it. just bouncing off of some some not so good weeks. Um, well, I'm only scoring it as as a week that it exists in. Mm. I'm not scoring it like on a scale of one to five, where one is uh, Kevin and Perry go large, and five is Star Wars: A New Hope. <laughs> five is The Matrix. Max has seen that film. Red pill. <laughs> Red pill. Um, right now, I'm going to give it three and a half. I am going to give it um, three and a half film buffs out of film. five. Which we just remarked on because Griff said film. Finally, um, no, right, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it three and a half cardboard cutouts of John Stape out of five. Oh, that was... <laughs> Is John Stape gonna be your character of the week? The cardboard yeah. cutouts of John Stape. Yeah. There were too many other great characters this week. Max, do you reckon? Max streamism. I don't know. I'm like Shona, but I don't think oh, it can be. But everything great. that Shona did was amazing this week. Hope, evil hope. No, 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 no. I still, I still don't love hope, hope that much. Um, yes, I think, I think I will go Billy, for Max. Summer, just, Aaron. I don't know whether I'm going for Max because just, I like the Max story and here's the, Alia. the face of the story. Um, mm, Alia was good this week. She had that nice conversation with Max. Max, stop being a racist. I'm not racist, what do you Ma- mean? Max was pretty awful this week, but it's not his fault because a racist made him do it. So I will give No, my we're not excusing we're not excusing people. No. We're just... He was the most interesting character to watch this week. I think the and worst thing every time thing... he came into it I was like, Oh yes, it's a Max scene, that is good. The worst thing that anyone can I think that we do as as like well, there are lots of bad things that humans do, but just refusing to try to understand somebody and also pretending that understand by under trying to understand somebody it means that you approve or like them approve mm. of or like them oh yeah yeah, yeah no. like i think we need to understand how things like this happen and this is probably um 
going to be useful and sadly for families to watch this together to see is this happening to my kid yeah it may, i don't know how much it happens i mean it probably happens more, more than, than you, you think. think yeah and i also think that so it normally happens on social media i don't think it mm. happens in real it's a bit it's kind of uh, you know in the same along the same lines as the county line stuff i think isn't it mm. like kids being used for things and being groomed for yeah. nefariousness so yeah. it does make me think of that yeah that story from a few well, years ago as well you know the the kind of the, the theme of the week is sort of exploitation really because you've got summer you've got hope who's been uh, tricked you've got uh, max who's being Mm. being radicalised. Very good point. Thanks. Yeah, exploiting the kids is this week's theme on Coronation. <laughs> Maybe he's given it three and a half exploited children <laughs> on Coronation Street this week. Yeah. Um, there, there are a lot of storylines revolving around kids, aren't there? Yeah, I mean, even even the Stu storyline is about the fact that the the poor girl was kind of tricked, even though that hasn't, they haven't really gone into Who, it. Who, Eliza? The, a lot, no. The, Charlie? No. Who? Lucy. Bridget. Bridget. Bridget, the daughter, oh, yeah. was kind of forced into be- being a murderer on the run for the past 27 years when her mum gave her no choice at all about whether she was going to confess to the crime that she just committed right. or make it worse by dragging the body into the woods and hiding it. Common themes indeed. Mm. Right, that is a street talk. Oh, I don't week. agree with it. Let's move on <laughs> to the cabin. Okay, it's time for the cabin. We have there's loads of news this week. Lots of little, little mini news stories, I think. Starting off with, of course, the news that the World Cup is coming very, very soon, two weeks' time, which means only one thing: the Coronation Street schedules are going to be all over the place that week. Well, how long is the World Cup on for? I can never remember. What is it? It's like, never three ended. Weeks? It feels like it's never ending while it's going through, and Curry's all over the place. But on the week starting the twenty first of November, should be on this time of year. Coronation Street is going to be on on Wednesday for an hour and Thursday for an hour. And um, and that's going to be a lot for that for that week. So I don't know. I, I doubt we'll have an early podcast or anything. But there's only two oh, hours. Nice. Worth I tell of you Coronation what, it'll be nice Street. to record early on a Friday. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, we'll be able to do that. Um, there's uh, and and that's that's as far as we know. Um, I think it's normal time, um, like eight o'clock. But um, yeah, that that's all we know so far. No news has come out yet about whether they're going to be doing the online box set thingies at the beginning of the week. You know what we think about that. But there's still time. You never know. They they might announce that next week. And gotta uh, get that blood money. Don't know any more about um, about future weeks. Right, but that's, um, that's that for that story. Next, um, we talked last week on the podcast about the Cory Tour Instagram account teasing um, some sort of announcement on Wednesday. It came, um, and it is about the Christmas on the. Cobbles um, experience 2022. So um, they're really getting. Sorry, Michael. What? It's not the Christmas on the Cobbles experience because if it was, somebody would slap you around the face, throw a trifle at you, and try to gore you to death on <laughs> Gail Platt's You never face. know, they might, do it. they might do that. Um, we, we did a Christmas on the Cobbles years back, it didn't we? Great. It was on the old, it was on the Key Street set. You went and, uh, through the doors of the Bistro and they opened them out and you walked through to the, the theme tune playing and then all this like fake snow sprayed everywhere. Yeah. 
We've got some nice pictures of we us. We do have some nice pictures of us back yeah. from a while ago when that happened. But um, yeah, they, they really seem to be leaning into all the, the special events to try and Good. entice more people. Well, that's going to bring people back, isn't it? Tour. Hopefully it will. We would definitely go but it too far and it's too expensive. Michael. I'd love to. Um, but anyway, 27th of November... Um, not only is that my mum's birthday, but it is also the day that this um, is launching. Sunday. Um, it is a Sunday. It is in partnership with Smooth Radio. Apparently this is raising some money for um, Global's Make Some Noise charity. And um, so they're, they're, they're going to have, they're going to have music there. I don't get this. The okay. Overtones. Fun is that everybody. a band? Jackie Gray. Carol's on the Cobbles. More There's music act, there. Music acts, and then there'll be... To be, be confirmed. Um, carol singers, yeah. festive treats, halls decked. Uh, that will be nice. I, I, I don't know how long they're going to have the Christmas decorations up on the street, because obviously they're, they're filming not Christmas anymore, so they're going no, to have to... No, they're done filming Christmas. They're going to have to put... They're going to have to fake decorate the, the street Every the weekend. weekend. Oh, imagine how depressing what that would faff. be. What a faff. Well, anyway. Anyway, hopefully... Find, um, yeah. find out more online. It says visit our website for more, but I've been to their website and there is nothing more. So that's all you get to know at the moment. So hopefully some of our listeners might want to go along to that and so maybe take some pictures and tell us how it went. If they want, if uh, maybe Continuum would like to um, send a helicopter down to us, we'll, we'll happily yes, we'll go along and fly that. up and Absolutely. check it out. Go and see how the precinct's doing as well, maybe. Yeah. Um, also, now I feel really bad for not mentioning this on next on last week's podcast, next bit of news, but Shirley Houston has picked up her MBE, hasn't yes. she? So, um, so Toby, her. Toby, her, her other half, who played Fergus, where's he? Oh, where's um, Fergus? Put Bring this on, on Twitter last week, and I forgot to mention it on the podcast. But um, yeah, she's gone to get her award. There's a picture of her on a cross, looking well. Nice to hear. So, um, yeah. in case you've forgotten, because it's been so long, Shirley Houston plays Izzy on Coronation Street. Hasn't been able to be in the show. Um, because of health reasons and the pandemic and everything for a jolly long time. Um, but it's really nice to know that she was able to get out there, get and meet Princess Anne. Princess Anne's the best one. Not, yep. Yeah, not, didn't get it from the king or anything. No, I but, want Anne. Uh, is that who you'd want presenting you with your MBE? Yeah. Not not king. She's bloody brilliant. King Charles. Um, anyway, so she the, this, this MBE was for services to drama and people with disabilities, and she has definitely done an awful lot She's very uh, for raising awareness. Of it. She does yeah. so much work. Yeah, she really, really does. So, good Congrats, for you. Congrats, Lee. You deserve it. Nice I'm to glad see that you, you got your day. About. Yes, yeah. yeah, really, really happy about that. Um, next up, um, awards. It, 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 it is the season. It's the end of year awards. We really must start thinking about the Conversation Street Awards know, 2022 nominations. Because cold sweats. we got about a month now until the polls open for that again for our 11th Conversation Street Awards. But for the time being, you'll have to make do with all the other ones, including the Entertainment Daily Awards, because the nominees for that were um, uh, announced this week. What's this? It's just somebody else who's, who's got that? some soap awards categories. I don't know. Okay. If you go to entertainmentdaily.co.uk, you can find all about it and vote. I couldn't see anything there, although I, I didn't look very is it, hard. Is it all when soaps? When you need to vote by. Or just coronation It state? is all, it, 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 all things. It's not, it's, it's, yeah, all things. In, and okay. there are some soap categories in there. So. Standout soap moment is Kelly's exit or Imran's death. Yes, nice to see that Imran's death gets a mention. Best I think, soap villain. I think Emmerdale got like three nominations for that, so it was a bit rubbish that Corey only got two. Best soap villain was Stephen Reed, Lydia Chambers, or Harvey Gaskill. I love how. He remembers Lydia. Lydia Chambers. God, I remember those dark days of January 2022 when we were going out with, or not going out with, when we were seeing all the uh, Lydia. 
um, Sarah and Madalyn Adams stuff. Push Adam onto a coffee shop. Yes. I don't think she's going to win that. I'm That's not so convinced. double act. I'm not convinced that any of the Coriam villains are going to win that one because Harvey Gaskell, can you really count him as being a soap no, villain if he's only been in it for one episode so far this year? Stephen Reed deserves it for dragging that body. He, he worked hard that night. Best soap double boys. act. Steve and Tracy or Daisy and Jenny or Glenda and Mary. I, get, I know. It's like they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel there. Are Glenda and Mary a soap double act? In a way, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a good reflection on the fact that Glenda works well with everybody because I wouldn't say she has a double act No, she doesn't. They're, they've definitely done a few things with her and Mary. Is this Coronation Street kind of saying, look out for them two in the future. They're going to be getting up to all kind of scrapes no, together. Think... I don't really want them to. I don't like so... the idea of Glenda and Mary together. But uh, Daisy and Jenny absolutely got to vote for those, those are the two. Best, because yeah. even Stephen and Tracy, I can't say we've seen a whole lot of this year. No. They are great together, but but double acts wise, if those are our nominees, then Daisy and Jenny all the all way. All the way. Best oh. soap, Coronation Street. Don't vote for anything else, how dare so, you? Not even neighbours. Entertainmentdaily.co.uk. Next, Sue Cleavers, still in. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Well, I would hope so because she only went in on Sunday night. We didn't even watch her go in. I totally forgot that it was on, didn't I? And Sunday night, I was like knackered. I went to bed at about quarter past nine on Sunday you really night. really went to bed very I had, early. I, I, I don't know what I've been doing, but I was very, you had very a, tired. I just came back from. Abroad. Oh yeah, we spent a lot of last um, weekend doing podcasts. We really things, spent we? all of Saturday doing podcast stuff. Hope you appreciated it. Because I had to watch every episode and, and record then the record, and it, it takes so much longer than you think it does. Yeah, like uh, what you sit down, and you go right. So you got you got three episodes, and you know. You don't have to watch the advert, so that's going to be not, you know, not not three hours. And then do the podcast, and you know, that's, you know, three hours. So it's, if we do it in the morning, we'd be done by afternoon. No. no. Didn't work out that way. And, and then once the podcast's recorded, then I have to do all my putting it Editing. out there on the internet, which is usually my Saturday morning job. Then Sunday, I spent a couple of hours, or well, three, four hours maybe, researching Linda Baldwin for the uh, for the character profile. There was a lot of podcast stuff that weekend. And by, by the time Sue Cleaver went into that jungle on Sunday night, I was pooped, so I didn't see it. I haven't seen any of it so far, apart from... Um, there was a little clip from tonight's episode that's been posted on a Facebook group, which was pretty cool, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you want to um, you, you talk a bit about that? Um, just to be clear, I don't begrudge spending all day doing the podcast. I was just saying that. No, no, sorry, that sounded really moany, didn't it? I just say it's not moaning at all. Happened. It's just literally that's how long it takes to do it. Yes, it's crazy. Okay, so um, yeah. Uh, Sue so Cleaver in jungle. She's. I think she's going down very well. I think a lot of people really enjoying her. She's. She's a very private person. She admits that herself, but um, she's opening up. We saw a story. Uh, that she shared with her camp mates. Is that what you call them? I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's, just, that's just Sean, isn't it? About um, the fact that she's adopted. And oh, she was talking geez. about how important um, acting is to her. And, uh, you know, if she hadn't been an actress, she might never have found her biological family. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so she... the story is that she um, was having struggling with, like, who am I really? So being an actor kind of helped to put on these different caps, I guess, and discover herself a bit better. And then she went to a theatre group or something, and, and when she walked in the room, this guy was like, you look just like my wife. When were you born? Where mm. were you born? Phoned up his wife and said, I found her. Yeah. It's, it's your daughter. She, yeah, apparently so Sue she... Cleaver had been adopted as a young girl, and, and this guy recognised her. Apparently she looks exactly like her mum. 
Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Her, her mum was, she said, like 16, 17 yeah. when she had her and then it seems like they had to put her up for adoption. And yeah, this is how Sue Cleaver got back in touch with her real life mum and, and now she's got a good relationship biological. with her sorry, biological mum and her, her mum that raised and her, her and everything. And sisters. Yeah, both in the, the entertainment industry. It's crazy coincidence story. The, the, we were watching this clip of it just earlier in between the gap between Street Dog and this and uh, the, the campmates were enthralled by this amazing it's like a Ripley's Believe It or Not coincidence but um, yeah uh, it was really nice to see that Sue got a bit of airtime for a, a really touching scene there because um, Rebecca has been sending us her impressions of, uh, of Sue on the programme so far and, and has kind of said she's not been in it a whole lot um, but the person who's hogging the limelight at the moment is Matt Hancock, who is a Conservative MP who was Secretary of Health mm. during the pandemic and made an absolute arse of himself by groping his employee when everyone was not allowed to touch each other and started conducting an affair at work. Don't worry, he's still with us, so it's okay. And everyone obviously is finding this quite difficult to stomach because he's gone on to this show to get money for ch charity, he says, and to rehabilitate his image because everyone hates him. Mm. Um, Although, and for many good reasons. Yeah, but Rebecca says that um, Sue's been getting a bit of flack for not being particularly nice to him. And, and Sue, uh, Rebecca rightly points out here, had to self-isolate for over a year um, when when during the pandemic. So no wonder she's she's kind of pretty miffed with him. But, um, well, because everyone... Ugh. We... We went to a funeral during the pandemic and I was crying my eyes out and you couldn't even touch me. We couldn't even sit next to each other. I know. Because of the pandemic. And then Matt Hancock's there, like... Boom, boom, boom. People are getting flack for them. I think it's really bad that they've put him in. Um, and one of, the, one of the reasons is because it puts everyone else in a difficult position because you're going to get judged by how you react to him. So yeah, maybe Sue Cleaver's getting flack, but I've also seen people getting flack for being nice to him. Mm. Well, they do like to put people in these programmes to stir up the drama, don't they? And they That's certainly why that with him. I don't really like them. <laughs> Rebecca also said And also that... she can't, apparently she can't do eating challenges because she's diabetic, which I think is a great loophole that <laughs> Summer should exploit. Yeah, yeah, totally. Sorry, I can't eat that. Sorry, thanks Jacob, but oh, you're cooking. Uh... Yeah, Rebecca says that Sue's been pretty funny when she's been on screen and um, there was an interesting conversation between her and Boy George, who's also in it, where they were talking about old Corrie characters like Hilda and Vera and stuff. Um, so, um, yeah, Rebecca isn't sure at this stage whether um, Sue is going to win, although you never know, maybe the story tonight's going to be a bit of a turning point for, for, for her and a, a couple of other people. I th there seems to be quite a lot of people on our Facebook group that have been watching it as well and they're saying that she's she's coming across as quite well. Very Eileen-like, but without maybe that um, nasty Saki edge, well, possibly. It goes honestly, it goes to show you what a fantastic performer she is, that when, when we just watched that clip of her talking about her um family and they obviously have like w whatever they call the diary room in this show where the the person will talk to camera about what's going on in their lives that at that particular time and she just looks like a completely different person to Eileen yeah you know Eileen's got this very kind of like grouchy stoic kind of heavy presence where she's like she's just kind of like so solid and uh sturdy and stern yeah. and um sue is very light and kind of open and fresh-faced and really um 
disarming and charming, isn't she? Mm, yeah, so yeah, she really exactly is fantastic in, in at clip, transforming yeah. herself into a completely different person. Yeah, and I, I don't think we'd seen very much of Sue before because, like you said, she is a very private person. I don't think I've seen many, if any, I've seen her once. Of her. We saw her once at a awards yeah. show, and she was like, "Bye." She didn't appear. She was not to happy be, to be um, there. Mega thrilled to be there. <laughs> Fair enough. You don't have I, to be. Do lots you? of people don't like it. I really do not begrudge people no, for not enjoying not, it. It's very not. scary, even when you're on the other side of the gate. Yeah, yeah. Um, and speaking of reality TV stuff, of course, we have the Strictly Come Dancing update for the week. Thank you again to Rebecca for letting us know what's been going on there, because we haven't watched a bit of it. Oh no, actually, we did watch Kim's dance this week, didn't we? Um, yes, we, we, we got we sent were, it. We got sent her, a, a video of her performance and mm-hmm. she was jolly jolly good doing the uh, tango, I'm going to say. I don't know the difference between all these dancers. But it was it really did seem quite technical and she was came across as very, very proficient. It was jolly good. She got three nines and a ten for that dance. I'm not surprised. Although, to be honest, I don't know. I can't judge one dance from another. I've not, not got a clue. But anyway, um, she was second on the leaderboard. Um, so that was Kim Marsh, of course, who played Michelle on Coronation Street. And then Will, who played um, Harvey Gaskell, got 33 with a 3 eights and a 9. Um, anyway, there's there's still three weeks to go, according to Rebecca. So, um, yeah, they're, they're doing pretty well, the two of them. Very, very good. Um, that's about it, really. Like, yeah, three we don't need to, to dwell. Like, I don't know. Don't need no, to dwell on it. Three acts we can to move go. on to feedback. I don't feedback. know how long they're at. Doesn't matter. They're doing well anyway. Time for feedback. Right, feedback time. Thank you, everybody, for contacting us this week to let us know what you thought about the podcast on Coronation Street. And don't um, yeah, Corrie didn't do didn't fare so well among the Facebook group um, listeners slash viewers last week because it only got two point seven eight out of five on average. Um, it, but they're like some people scored it five and some people scored it one, so it was a good range, but it definitely um, went towards the lower side, and that included from Jonathan three trips to the Rovers for a waz and a glass of Shiraz out of five. Um, Pat, who gave it two relaxy teas out of five, and I gave Rebecca my favourite one this week. She gave it three glasses of blood orange served by Gemma in the Rovers, which I hope is in reference to the Conversation Street storyline title of Tina being murdered. Out of five. It's got to be. Must be. Must be, of course. Um, Right, emails this week. So we have got one from Christina who says... Hi, guys. Oh, yeah, we didn't put this one in the news. I purposely didn't because I knew that Christina had mentioned it here. Um, Steve McDonald, so Simon Gregson, um, we, we, we questioned last week why um, he's not on Coronation Street at the moment. And he has come out and said um, on a podcast, on the Parenting Hell podcast, which Christina has watched, that he has sprained um, or broken his foot or something like that. Well, So he has <laughs> got foot injuries, and I guess that's why Steve McDonald has sprained his ankles. So we can come back with the cast. We did know this, but he hadn't come forward and said th- said this, so he didn't say anything about it. But now he said on this podcast that he has done this, then it's, it's okay to world. talk about it's it. It's out so in the world. That's why he's not on the show. Yes, um, I guess coming back soon. I don't know. Um, Christina says that yeah, last week's episode she found laborious. Good word. The problem with summer. <laughs> Where can you start? Is that there's no levity to the character. You're absolutely correct. The character is nothing but her issues and that gets tedious. Um, Anyway, yeah, she's going to go and plant some tulips with the spring. What ones you got? I just bought a load from Amsterdam. What ones you got? One's called Princess Iris. One's called Hermitage or Heritage. They're all basically pinky 
pinky orange. I'm glad you were able to bring back some tulips from Amsterdam. It's Why? a thing. It's a thing. I didn't it? even know that you. I knew that they grew them there, but I didn't know you could buy them. Well, no, <gasps> Imagine no, my did. surprise. Christina also asked, "Have you ever noticed that Coronation Street sucks on the days when you're in a bad mood, or is it just me?" True. Yes. That is absolutely true. Judging from Twitter, everyone's always in a bad mood. Sometimes you can be in a bad mood and Coronation Street's still good. If it is a good week, cheers but you up. I think if if it's a good week, if it's a good episode, it's gonna be it's gonna be good whatever. But if it's if you're in a bad so, mood, so. then a particularly so-so episode just feels much worse than it would have been if you were in a good mood. Well, we I don't know what it. you mean because I'm never in a bad mood. Um. Okay. Moving on, Gemma. What has Rebecca got to say about last week's Corey? Summer says, "I'm afraid summer is the weak spot of the week. As much as I try to warm to her, I just can't. As much as I'm glad she didn't go through the abortion. As much as the Esther and Mike story seems interesting on paper, I just don't know if I can go through nine months of summer pregnant. I'm kind of hoping Esther and Mike are in a cult, but I fear." Either someone will end up wanting to keep the baby by bonding with it or it ends up not being born with someone either having a miscarriage due to the stress or complications with her diabetes. Amy calling Summer out on the still being pregnant I enjoyed, although I really want Amy to bring up her own pregnancy slash abortion. Although, or also Dr Badass, that is all. I think, yeah, I think if Amy was going to bring up her own pregnancy and abortion, she probably would have done it by this point. I don't think you bring up your abortion when your friends decided to keep the baby. (laughs) No, you, I mean... If... No, you don't. You go, oh, well, I'm surprised you're keeping it because I had abortion. Best thing I ever did for myself. <laughs> you know? I just think it's weird that The that time has passed up. for Amy to say anything about this. Yeah. Rebecca says, what I'm enjoying is the Max story, like Gemma said. It is so fascinating and I'm also enjoying Grift... Griffmore now too. I laughed out loud at Michael calling Lauren a slaggy teen, even though I know what he means. I thought Spider's costume... I know what I mean. I, know, I say clever. what I mean. I'm wondering if Maxwell makes no comments to Dorian. To Dorian. Darian. Darian. But yeah, I can also see Max being involved in an act rather than recruiting. And I also love the idea of the Muslim shot being involved in the first scenes of the precinct. Also adding the Halloween stuff, which I really enjoyed. And Kevin wearing the horse's hair was brilliant. Just a small scene, but it worked. Um, just to say that the Muslim shot is actually, it's a clothes shop, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Owned by Muslim yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Um, even though I'm against... Yeah, they, they didn't mention that at all this week, did they? No. But it definitely seems to be Muslims that um, they don't like. don't them. like. No. Um, even though I'm against Tyrone hitting Nick, he's right about Sam not being as perfect as people think. I'm glad the truth about Hope is now out and I love Tyrone connecting the dots about Hope asking how old Evelyn was than that being in the article. I'm also loving John being mentioned again and unlike Michael, I don't think there's enough mentions. <laughs> so shut up. the roof story is okay filler but okay I did like Adam mentioning Adam uh, I did like Adam mentioning Tracy's past then Arnie suddenly wanting to fix the roof I also found the portally stuff again silly but harmless I agree although we just need some more Ken or at least someone to meditate mediate at number one you could do a bit of meditation as well it just feels like too many people are living in one house I think Sean and Lawrence maybe break up is leading to Sean and Todd getting together maybe at Christmas Especially with Frank disappearing earlier in the year, I think the writers of a story of Sean having a few boyfriends, then realising the right one was under his nose all along. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, maybe one or more failed boyfriends for Sean. I love Glenda's line of, of Lawrence loving steps, try five, six, seven, eight. That was funny for the pin mm-hmm. Also, I think Sean was a bit harsh with Lawrence, especially as he was in a similar situation to Marcus. Character of the week is Max. I'm really excited to see Paddy in the story. I'll give this week three glasses of blood orange. 
which we already read out earlier. <laughs> Thank you very much, Rebecca. I like some of the yeah. So I I would I would happily insights. have Todd and Sean together. I you know they've got a bit of a they've got a bit of a history, haven't they? I I don't know whether they're very well suited now. I just don't. But doesn't matter. It doesn't mean I wouldn't like married to see at first it. sight. Marry yeah. you can marry anyone. Yeah, we we've been watching Married at First Sight. We're like halfway through now. Good in it. Well, yeah. This last series. <laughs> no one else is watching it anymore now. We're, we're late we, to the party just, on this no, one. Nobody to talk to about it. No, maybe we're about what two thirds of the way through. Whitney, it. eh? <laughs> and Nancy has written, of course, to say what is different about the summer storyline from other surrogacy storylines is this one. Summer is going to give a baby away to Esther and Mike. But are they going to be able to cope with all the things that Summer will be going through? They're not people she really knows, after all. I loved Dr. Gaddas speaking with Summer and noticed that she didn't tell uh, the doctor what she's going to do when the baby comes. Yeah, that's probably for the best. See, it's not anything. It's down to the only just what you do with the baby when you've had it. Well, Dr. Gaddas wouldn't have been obliged to report, report her, her no. would she? Ooh. Yeah, no, she, she can't. It's completely confidential, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, it's her yes. body. Gaddas was um, annoyed enough that <laughs> she was um, including her in her. Just imagine Dr. Gaddas secret. going. You're giving your baby away. You don't want your baby. You know, you, you, How much they offer him for you? I'll double it. it. Are you going, you're not going to them, are you? <laughs> Give it to me. She's I've already got a grown-up son, hasn't no, she, Gaddas? She doesn't want another one. Do you know what? I've, I know it's not the right time, but I kind of want a new baby for Christmas. Do you know any other pregnant friends? <laughs> um, it's possible that someone could change her mind, says Nancy, about giving up her baby. And I could see that, despite trying to convince Aaron, she herself didn't look too happy. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Coronation Street continues to do a fine job with a Max storyline. Griff is slowly immersing Max into the way his group thinks. Mm. Max is impressionable and loves the attention yeah. and help from Griff because he doesn't feel he gets any support from David. I hope David reads the book. Don't I think David's that book's read gone. A book. <laughs> if David's uh, reading a book, it's going to be the John State book. Maybe David's going to like find it in about a month's time under the mm. coffee table and go, like, oh yeah, uh oh. oh. Maybe I Oops. should. Maybe I should be a bit more worried about what he's getting up to with Griff. Um, back to the email. Max he, could. He picks up and goes. This explains the this, racism. Yeah, oh, of oh. course, it all started out. Crikey! That has a bit of a parenting fail. Drop the Whoops, ball there. What a faux pas. Um, Max could end up being friends with Darian. Oh, I don't know. Not maybe not after. Do you think they will at the end? In the same way that like Kelly and that Nina were terrible. kind of friends. No, Darren should not forgive him. You wouldn't, would you? You don't no. have a forgiving bone in your body. Why would you? Oh, yeah, I know you hated me and everything about me just based on superficial things about the way that I look, but it's cool because you're a main character and I'm just a migrant. He's exactly a nice guy. I'm just an asylum seeker, so I've, I've got my home office thing <laughs> coming up. The more friends I've got, the better. Um, no, will, never forgive. Will Maria get involved in this storyline and warn David about Griff? Mm. Will Spider be able to make arrests before someone gets hurt? I'm going to say no. Will Max start dating Lauren? Are they dating or just shagging? They've got, yeah, they've gone past the dating stage, haven't they? Um, I think that Fizz and Tyrone should have a proper talk with Can Nick. Can I just say yes. schoolboy error from Max here? Don't date he girls right before major holidays or Why? their birthday or Valentine's Day. Because you'll buy them a present. Oh, yeah. Start shagging around with it. Actually, no, wait till end of February. Then you're in the clear for months. <laughs> I think Riz and Tyrone should have a proper talk with Nick and Leanne to sort out their issues. 
Adam did a great job helping them, though. Uh, the best part of the Fiddler on the Roof story was when Adam said to Arnie, you Google that, Tracy Barlow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the Halloween costumes at the Rovers and give this episode's three lemon drizzles out of five. And Nancy's character of the week last week was Max. Max! Thank you. Richard, he says... I'm sending this prior to Friday's episode, but from my perspective, the standout storylines across Monday and Wednesday were the Max indoctrination one and the latest saga of John State's legacy. The Max storyline is very engaging and which I predicted some time ago, although I couldn't recall predicting it until a fellow listener, Fiona, reminded me in the Facebook group. Despite John State having shuffled off this mortal coil some considerable time ago, I liked how his legacy still crops up in storylines every couple of years, such as when his long-lost daughter, Jade, turned up and the current storyline regarding the true crime book. I'm interested to see how the current story develops and how many other Ty- <laughs> how many others Tyrone assaults as a result of it. I'm convinced that Joseph's beating him up at karate has awakened some sleeping lion within Tyrone, which I have never seen before. Hopefully it will hasten Evelyn's return, though, as she will soon sort the situation out. I hope Oh, yeah, so. Evelyn. Oh, what, what is she going to think about this book? I really, I mean, I, I'm really gutted that we haven't got Maureen Littman here. She is back at work now, so it's going to be, you know, Christmas time or early 23 that we'll see Evelyn back on the covers again. But whenever there's a Tyrone and Fizz storyline and Evelyn's not in there, I think, oh, what, what could have been? You know, I, I'd love it. She, she'd go and slap that author around the face, wouldn't she? she she'd be marching down. She'd be able to get that book stopped being published. Even if it, just by following people home who buy it from the shop and giving them withering glances until yeah. they return it. <laughs> a refund. She's probably on sitting on a beach somewhere, isn't she? Reading it herself. Oh, going, oh my God. <laughs> I'd, love, I'd love to have like, get them to film a little clip of Maureen now on a sun lounge. Yeah. Uh, against the volume wall, why not, with the book. And that's just the final scene of an episode. <laughs> just just like, her, like, turning Or a post-credits scene or something. That or, would be like, hilarious. Her, has the book open, turns the page, like she's read it, and then goes back and, like, turns the page, like, does a dog ear on the page, like, I'm going to remember this bit later. <laughs> Use that again. Yeah. <laughs> um, finally, I've grabbed this from the Facebook group because this has become a very popular post about unpopular Coronation Street opinions. So if you um, want to be a part of a lovely Coronation Street community where they don't just moan about things... Um, no, go... we're allowed to moan about whatever we like. We are, we are allowed to. Um, go along to our Facebook page and then from that you can join our Facebook group. It's separate and, from um, the page. Leah on our Facebook page posted um, yesterday, I think, was it? Our um, Facebook group. What are you... Yes, yeah, sorry. What are your unpopular Corrie opinions? And I've seen this done with other you know fandoms before. Like, what do you think that nobody else ever seems to agree with you um, about. about? And um, there's been tons of replies there and um, I just picked a few to uh, to read out just for, just for funsies. And uh, Leah herself said... I like Sam, but if I knew him in real life, I would hate him. <laughs> Which made me laugh so much. Um, Christina suggested, um, I'm not a massive fan of Roy, and I wasn't keen on Haley either. Oh my God. I mean, it, it really, really is. There, there, there were some good, unpopular Cory opinions in this thread. A few people put things in where I thought, oh, I don't know, I think lots of people think that, but not keen on Haley. How dare you? I like this one from Liam. Summer isn't that bad, and I actually quite like her. <laughs> that is an unpopular Cory opinion. But we did say, we said especially on the podcast last week, we know there are people who really like Summer, and I apologise every week that we say how boring the story is, when clearly there are people out there who are really engaged in it. So, um, now, June 
Julie's one here, Gemma, I think you would agree with, in part, she says, I hated Vera Duckworth. She was a nasty, entitled gossip who bullied and belittled Jack. He was better off without her. I would say there's a lot of revisionism going on with the the old Duckworths, really. There's a lot of there's a lot of rose tinted glasses looking back on those those days. There are. She, she she was also homophobic. Let's not forget. She she was quite cruel to Jack at times, but I mean he was also going about with old Dulcie Froggart behind her back. But um, I can definitely see why people would have that opinion on her. In in their final years, they really kind of softened them up, didn't they? This is a controversial one from Adrian. There are older cast members on the street who have lost their ability to act. Wow. There are cast members who are cast as children who have not grown up to become actors. I do, I think that's that's one that I don't think is unpopular. I think. Think that um, uh, quite a few viewers would um, be able to name a few of the older cast members who um, maybe are, are past their prime in the old acting stakes, and um, and definitely um, chill child for people who have grown up on the street. Yeah, I, I like so Jessica. Too. She says I like Sedan's hair. <laughs> that was a brilliant one. That's my favourite one. Right, thank you everybody who um, posted on that thread. That made um, a very entertaining read. And um, do you have any you unpopular to... opinions? Don't just write in things that you want us to all praise you for, 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 for saying, like, I don't know, I think the Max storyline is going to open people's eyes to racism. That's not, That's not unpopular um, opinion. We mm. want things like, I hate Maureen Lippman. Oh, I like definitely that. know there's right, people okay. on the Facebook group that hate Maureen uh, Lippman. Okay, hang on. Uh, I think the Rovers should be turned into a weather spoon. That's an unpopular See, opinion. And I think that Roy's should be a Greg's. Somebody said that they reckon the cabin should be shut down because it probably would have been by this point. I don't know. We still have a few paper shops, don't we? That's uh, but There are lots of there's... shops, but opposite each other, so similar, mm. I don't know. Well, if you are not on our Facebook group and you'd like to find out more about people's unpopular opinions or just generally other things that our lovely listeners chat about when Conversation Street we'll is join on, in. go in, go and find it. Answer the questions to get into the group. We'll let you in and you can you can join it. It's, it's great. Yes, it's a it's great. place. Thank you everyone for listening to our show this week. You can email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. You can find us on conversationstreet.podbean.com um, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Don't share your unpopular opinions about conversations. <laughs> no, definitely not. Like, oh, I actually really like it when Gemma interrupts Michael all the time. <laughs> um, you can see us on Instagram. We also have a Twitter account at the moment, although we're not. Oh my gosh, we're not what's verified. Going on with Twitter this week. We were Blimey, like, oh, should we? Mess, we've always wanted crash. a boutique. Should we? Should we just like get one? No. No. Um, Spotify. <laughs> We've got okay, YouTube and, just and a Patreon. Just a few days, honestly. Just imploded, it's a isn't it? It's tire like... fire. It really, really is. Oops. I hope that Twitter doesn't go because, you know... Well, we, lots we, of people are going to Mastodon. What, I don't even know what that is. Mastodon? Yeah. That's one of the Power Rangers, isn't it? That's one of the... You know, when they do that, it's morphin' time. Mastodon, pterodactyl, triceratops, saber-toothed tiger, tyrannosaurus rex. Was that the I girls you were I watched a lot of that. Doing? in uh, my pterodactyl that, that, yeah yeah Kimberly was the pterodactyl I it? don't know yeah definitely um, anyway that's enough of me being nerdy no about way about Rangers really? and Coronation Street for a week um, it's time for bed God, I can't thank you everybody it. for listening thank you everybody I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I hope that you have a lovely weekend yes. and we'll see, see you here next week next probably week. this podcast ta the music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com oh, oh, oh.